welcome to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor. Bad language, dirty jokes. And other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only. So if you're too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos. This channel is not for you. Thanks much. And now, on with the show. All right. Hopefully we are not. Hopefully. Excellent. Let us know. I know it was. It might have been a little echoey there for, for a minute while well, and faded that out and get everything down. So are we, are we sounding okay out there, everybody? Howdy, howdy. In geeking poetic <laughs> land? Hopefully we are. I think we're going to be okay. Well, they'll let us know if we're not. Yeah, they'll tell us. Welcome to Geeking Poetic Podcast. I'm Dan Rather. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I'm not Dan Rather. I am. You're ra- not. I'm not. I am. What? Ra- I am rather Larry Roberts. Whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We've been gypped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe says we're good. Awesome. Cool. Okay, good. You're good too, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So the uh, the newscaster in the middle here is not. Uh, Barbara Walters. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's not Baba Wawa. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. It is none other than. Megan Guess. And then over there on the end, he's last, but he is not least. Oh, I I was wondering if I was going to get like, uh, if I was going to get a fake newscaster too, but I don't. Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Thank you. I get to be Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Hi, I'm Matt Velukas. How's it going? Nice to see you all. He is Tom Brokaw. (laughs) (laughs) like see you hand a show to me and literally within the first 30 seconds it's like off the rails man just just a mess no man i'm I'm, it feels like forever since we've done this but it hasn't been it's only been three weeks has it really it's only been three weeks yeah dude it feels like like a long right it does it does (laughs) it feels like a long time it's been a rough life (laughs) y'all see i'm not kidding (laughs) no (laughs) their laughs prove everything wow all right yeah um man i i I am excited to talk about something this is something we've never we've never really talked about this ever i mean it's been almost four years that at least meg and i have been doing it matt you've already been doing this with us for what like five months yeah something like that but god it feels like four years That's how it usually goes. Yeah. Anybody that's involved with me, it's like Eve, I think you probably even said that after we were jamming for five months. It's like, Larry, God, it feels like I've been in a band with you for fucking years. Uh-huh. In the best of ways, though. I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. Like, I feel like I'm just fitting right in. It's great. Good save. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> nice, nice well, no, and what I'm excited about tonight, like, Megan, you and I were kind of talking about, because uh, as I've come in, I'm, you know, kind of playing catch up on things. And we had this big discussion of what were the things that you guys have been wanting to talk about that you haven't had the chance for a while? And you were yeah. like, magic! <laughs> and you may have seen in the pro view, like preview, she was so excited. Like, I think Larry and magic! I got knocked. Yeah, ah. we got knocked backward <laughs> yes, because you were so literally. excited about this. And I, I don't know if I'm more excited about the magic aspect or I'm excited about how excited you are to talk about magic. <laughs> so it's like both. I'm like, woo, it's awesome. So yeah, if you didn't already figure it out, we are here talking about magic tonight. Um, let me ask you guys a real quick question because I haven't really, I've talked to you a little bit about it. We really didn't delve too much into this until like a few nights ago. Oh yeah, we didn't really pre-prep this one at all. <laughs> no. This one, yeah. Fly by the seat of our pants. Right, yeah, yeah. And it was funny, like I don't know if you. this is where you're going to go with this, uh-huh. but you guys were talking about like magic movies and you guys put certain parameters yes. on some of these movies. Had to. I did not. Like, no. I'm like, there was nothing that was really off limits at all. It was total. It was a free for all. Yeah. Yeah. It was a smorgasbord. Yeah, smorgasbord. I, I had to. I couldn't narrow it down without putting my 
parameters on there. Yeah, yeah I, I possible. I absolutely had to, especially for me when I, I was really excited yeah. about this when we first brought it up, and then I sat down and the reality of it hit me in the face, and I was like, oh god, there's literally <laughs> easily like twenty five movies that I would be really happy to talk about here. So yeah, I was just wondering, like, how it obviously then, it, Meg, you kind of answered the question if you had to put parameters on it, but Matt, you didn't put any parameters on it. None. So how hard was it to pick your top five? What was weird about my top five is I started thinking about like magic movies because when you brought this up, I'm like, this is such a cool topic. There's so many things to talk about, and right. I realized that most of the movies that are based on like 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 sleight of hand or illusionist type magic. I haven't seen. I haven't oh. seen Prestige. I hadn't seen The Illusionist. Um, like now, you see me. I think was the the big magic movie yes. that I've seen. But the rest of the stuff that's on my list is more magic elements or magic things that happen, rather than it being about like magic, you know, cards and watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat type stuff. So right. for me, it was I was trying to figure out what's that magic element and how does it fit in and does it and with some of mine i, I guess maybe i did have parameters because some of mine they were more fantasy than magic and to me there was a very fine line of living in this fantastical world where magic exists versus something that happens that is magical oriented in order to set the plot forward so i guess i do have parameters and it was, okay. it was that <laughs> but i know you had like specific parameters I on have yours a couple parameters yeah so i because the first thing that came to mind was like the mummy and night at the museum i was like well i've talked about those so many times already yeah. i want to talk about something new so i decided one parameter had to be like it can't be like a um like a religious curse of some kind which those are so i was like okay nix those so i can talk about something else that i want to talk about and then i was I started thinking about, I was like, I love Tangled, I love Onward, I love Aladdin. I was like, there's no way I can't narrow this down to five from those. So I yeah. nixed out straight up cartoons. Okay. Like that, even though I'd love to talk about them. So, but one day we'll get there. I'll get to talk about them. Right. But there's too many. I, I could not narrow it down with those. Um, and then. Then I had like Labyrinth in there. I was like, I love Labyrinth. But again, that's something I've talked about quite a bit already. Right. So I was like, well, I think I'm going to narrow it down even further than that. And I'm going to make it something that it can't be just some kind of power that they already have. It's instilled in them. Like it's, a, it's like fantastical. Not saying I am not have don't have fantasy in mind because I do. <laughs> but it's something like somebody had to do something more of a learned magic? A learned magic kind okay. of thing. Hmm. Instead of just having it instilled in them, this, they're just like the sorcerer. They were born this way, like Goblin King is, to my knowledge. Right. It's like it had to be like explained. This is magic. happened because of magic. It's not just like, oh, these all these weird things keep happening just because that's how this person is. Mm -hmm. So like Mary Poppins, I got the boot because I was like, well, it doesn't ever actually say it's magical. It's magical, obviously, right. Right. but they don't say, well, it's because she does a spell or, you know, abr abracadabra and all that kind of stuff. Right. It just happens because that's who she is. Okay. And that makes sense. So, right. so I had and to cut all those out. I, this is what I kind of like about talking movies with you guys is that, I mean, the, the topic is there, but the way that we approach these every single time we break these out is so, so different, different for different. each one of us. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the interesting thing about Joe, oh. hang on. I'll get there. 
do have a cheat, so. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because Joe's asking in the chat, for those that can't see it and everything, that he's asking about what about Disney live live Disney films because you said you wouldn't do the animated films and mm -hmm. stuff so yeah we'll we're, about those. right we'll get around to that um yeah that is the 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 fun thing about us uh, us three in particular um aside from the fact that we're just fucking awesome Duh. I mean you know come on everybody knows <laughs> but I'm just I'm being an asshole anyway um <laughs> uh, but is the fact that we're not, this is not, I watch a lot of other shows. I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's usually like two or three or four or more people that get together that all have very similar tastes and interests and they can all kind of agree that, you know, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie and right. Because it is. Well, yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like th those kind of things, you know, or they, they all love Chris Nolan, Batman, you know, you know, unapologetically and blah, blah, blah. But that is not us, man. Like we, we have very, We're all over the place. We have very different tastes and, and stances on things. And we kind of come from different eras of, you know, fandom too and stuff because I'm old as dirt. You guys are catching up but not quite there yet Ooh, shit. <laughs> ouch no. the one with a birthday coming up thanks. yeah i know you are you are the one with a birthday coming up chuck's in the chat hi, hi chuck Dad. um for me the parameters were i had to for one thing i had to not do things that were like very fantasy-ish um, you know, cause there's movies that I absolutely love things like legend, you know, stuff like that. That's all about magic, but it's, it's, it's super fantastical. It's, it's about more about sorcerers and I don't know, you know, goblins and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And with one exception in my list, I, I didn't do that. I stuck to more of the complete opposite from you, Matt, which was, I tried to stick more with what I call like practiced magic, more like um, entertainment type magic type stuff, like things that have to do with actual like magicians and mm. stuff like that. Because there's some movies that I very much love that have to do with that. You named a couple earlier, uh, mentioned it. So thanks for you know blowing that and everything, man. You know, way to go. But, I, honestly, with those, I'm kind of looking forward to the conversation because I have not seen some yeah, of those. No, no. Like I know I, I love your take on that stuff. Right, right. No, I mean, and that's what's going to be fun about this is because for me personally is like, I don't know when else I would probably get a chance to talk about these movies because movies like that they're they're kind of few and far between and they're kind of nebulous in terms of like they don't automatically fit into a genre i mean one of the movies on my list is basically like a psychological it's like a fucking horror movie another one is and sort of an action movie another one's more of like a romance you know what i mean they're all over the place but the one thing they have in common is that they have like practiced abracadabra type magic in it and there's one exception that is a fantasy film but i'll explain why this was able to sneak, sneak into in. the list well why don't you start the list then you you usually hand it off to one of us i think perfect. this is perfect if you're talking about the give me which what's what's number five okay your, well uh, your top five my number five on that list is the one that i was just referring to it is that fantastical one and it is what it, megan was this 1988 or 89 88 88 okay i could never remember because it, it was in that era for me <laughs> and it is none other than george lucas's opus 
Willow. Love Willow. I've never seen it. Oh my god! Wow. I've never. Yeah, there's, there's, like I said, there's a lot that we had kind of like talked about in that realm that I felt I was going to be so behind the eight ball. And like, and I feel like Willow is one of those eighties classics. It's such a staple movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because I haven't seen it, like to do it now, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to really appreciate it for what it is. Um, I don't know. I think that it would be worth giving it a try. And it's, it's like a, yeah, go ahead. Because I rewatched it the other night because it had been so long. It was like a staple. I watched it every week when I was growing up. I love that movie. But it's been years, like 20-something years since I last seen it. Wow. Probably more than that. Probably wow. like 30 years since I've seen this movie. So I rewatched it. And I think it still holds up. Hmm. I still thought it was funny. It reminded me of like a Lord of the Rings before the Lord of the Rings. See, and, and, and honestly, like I know the name of the movie. I know what Warwick Davis was in it. Right? Val Kilmer's in it. See, okay, see, I I know nothing. Like, oh, I am Val so Kilmer far behind. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so movie. far behind the curtain on this Such one. Such a crush on him in that movie. Like, and, and, and I, what's the plot? Like, what's, I, I, can't, okay, I feel like we'll I should know this. Well, but, real quick, okay. I'll, I'll do it because I don't want to. Yeah, give me like the, the, give me the 30 seconds. So, and, well, I can explain it some because I'll explain why this actually breaks my rule. What a wonderful segue. Yeah. <laughs> so, Warwick Davis, who uh, people might know, you know, he played Wicket. He's he was in Star Wars and, and played multiple characters in Star Wars, and he's actually he's a great actor and stuff. In this, he plays um, a citizen from. It's supposed to be like an Earth like planet. I don't think it is supposed to be Earth, is it? I, they yeah, never but it's really something similar it. to it. It's an, there's it, the, like the three different species. There's the the Danikins or whatever. There's the the, 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 Dakini, the Dakinis, Dakinis. Yep, the yeah. Dakinis, there's the brownies, and then there's whatever Warwick Davis, the Nelwins or something the like Nelwins, that. The Nelwins, yeah. So the di- the Dakinis would be like humans. The the Nelwins or whatever would be the the the, the little people would like Warwick and his mm-hmm. people. And then there's the brownies, which are literally like they're like this little that, fairy like, guys, like but little, don't have wings. Yeah, it's no, little, I wouldn't even call them fairies. They're, they're not just fairies. Like, they're almost they're like little little, little, little Puchins, you know what I mean? Like in Gulliver's Travels type thing. Yeah. Um, and he, Willow wants to be, he's basically like a farmer and all this stuff. That's mostly, they're they're very, it's very similar to Lord of the Rings in this regard. (laughs) Um, they're all kind of like farmer type folk, but Willow wants to be a magician, not actual, like he doesn't even necessarily know or believe that actual magic exists. You know what I mean? He wants to be literal, like pull a rabbit out of my hat, you know, use a magic wand. And like, he just wants to be a great performer Mm -hmm. and a magician. He's terrible at it. Um, typical movie stuff by happenstance by chance. Uh, there is a child who's basically a magical Daikini human child that, uh, is, stolen away from the clutches of this evil queen Bathmorda to destroy her because the queen wants to needs to destroy this this little baby who's going to be like the big queen when she grows up and uh wants to use her in a spell to destroy her and then take on her magic and become the big it's typical big queen overlord you know kind Mm -hmm. of thing very disney in that regard um uh, of all people, just like just like Frodo gets entrusted with the uh, fate of the ring, 
Willow gets entrusted with the fate of this baby and his whole thing is like you have to rescue this baby keep her away from the clutches of the evil queen you have to return her to her people who will be able to protect her and all this and I mean like Willow again much like Frodo has never been away from home so now he's got to go out on this journey and along the way he also is getting entrusted with and learning actual magic you know so which he's also equally terrible at. <laughs> he's no good at it. He's ter- he keeps trying to do real magic, and he's just he's just no good at it. Along the way, he meets Val Kilmer, who is Mad this? Mardigan. Yeah, Mad Mardigan. Yeah, who is this like rogue? He used to be like leader of the guard kind of thing, like a like a great real, swordsman, real hero, and he's a great swordsman, but because he just like all this stuff happened and he now he's just like a philandering like drunk swordsman kind of thing and and uh he ends up against his will basically getting uh involved with willow and protecting willow and the baby and all this stuff and hijinks ensue and but there's some really great humor and everything Mm -hmm. in it but the reason why this breaks the rule for me is because even though the crux of the movie is very much about magic and sorcery and all this kind of stuff. Willow himself, this all stems from him wanting to just be a little performing magician, David Copperfield type guy. You know what I mean? And I don't want to spoil anything, but for all his learning how to do real magic and all how it's going to save at the very end or towards the very end, what one of the things that saves the day actually has nothing to do with actual real magic and it has to do with his bumbling skills as a practicing you know performing magician guy like Mm -hmm. it actually factors in in the end and has like a really major Impact. impact on the fate of everybody and it wasn't even real magic you know what i mean so because of that i was like oh man you know because at first, like you and I were talking about it, and I was like, "No, that's that's fantasy." Like I got to disco. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, "No, but you know what? The practicing, you know, whatever Copperfield type magic is super important to this movie." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm including it." Like because I re- I love this movie. It's really funny. It's a lot of fun. It's it's one of those ones that the boys are probably right about the right age. Your boys would be they like, might be yeah. a little young. Maybe, 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 you know, watch it without the kids first. Yeah, right. maybe. But 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 it's a fun kind of movie. There's there's nothing in it that's like too grim or violent yeah. or super scary for them, you know, no, full on nudity or anything. No, no, no. It's, it alludes to it. Yeah. <laughs> the closest to full on nudity is Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah. His chest, his glorious chest. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, right. So yeah, it's it's it had me a glorious chest. It's it's a great it's a great movie. It's a lot it's of fun. Amazing. You need to watch yeah. it. Well, and again, this is I think what I like about this too is that you guys are giving me insight into movies that I may have missed at one point or for whatever reason just kind of fell off my radar too. So um, yeah, like I just knew it was a Jim Henson movie and it was Warwick Davis and he was a little guy and that was really it. That's kind of all I knew and I felt like. You know, uh, like from the stuff that I saw on it, it, the preview stuff, it looked like it was a little too fantasy-ish, Star Wars-ish, Lord of the Rings, which you would think I would it like. Is. But I'm like, I- I've kind of already seen that. I'll-, I'll wait. And then waiting turned into 30 years. Yeah, and it, and it is. And it is very derivative in a lot of ways. But it also has its own character Phil. to it, too. Yeah. 
and it's it's pretty funny. And I love the brownies; they're so amazing. Yeah, the brown the brownies. Well, are so Joe great. was saying that they're they're doing a series on Disney Plus about it this year, they which are. I, didn't, I haven't heard about. Yep, and super excited. Yeah, and Alex says in the chat, he says Willow's an absolute favorite. He grew up wanting to be Mad Mardigan. I mean, of course you did, Alex. <laughs> now, for those that don't know, uh, he's he's a goddamn blacksmith. Now he actually <laughs> makes swords oh, really? and That's everything. Cool. So he isn't fucking around. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. He's serious. Yeah, yeah, Mad Mardigan. I mean, Val Kilmer. Was just that was like at the height of Val Kilmer's like badassery. Yeah, he had done, you know, real genius and shown his comedic skills and stuff. Then he does this and shows that like man, he can be funny and kind of an action star. Then he goes on to be in the Doors and he was amazing in the Doors and you know yeah, Val Kilmer is awesome, mm-hmm. big fan. So anyway. So that's your number five? That's my number five is Willow. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five, I went with 1939's Wizard of Oz. And again, kind of same as yours. It's a lot of fantastical. You got the witches. Um, but I picked it more of the actual Wizard of Oz because before, you know, they transformed into the cyclone and stuff like the tornado. He was just a con artist. A con, con artist. artist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like a wizard, and then he goes to this fantasy world, and they basically fall for it there that he's an actual wizard, and he's 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 not. He's just a proving con man. <laughs> proving that the denizens of Oz are just really fucking gullible. Yeah, because they they just fall for everything. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So this is my number five. Nice. And like I said, I, I, I've i always loved Wizard of Oz. We've talked about it in episodes that, you know, like that was our yearly staple when that came mm-hmm. on Channel 2. Like we had our, our, you know, Leroy's Pizza came over and we had that. And like, yeah, so for me, I totally get where that comes from. At the same time, like the whole, to me, the magic aspect of Wizard of Oz when I was a kid was much scarier than yeah. I feel like it should have been, you know, for a movie that came out, you know, so long ago, you know, in 39, there were some... Very uh, unkid friendly parts in that, and I know very. you know the the movie is obviously very different from the book, which is much more uh, the themes in the book are, are much more uh, industrial revolution type themes and whatnot that didn't come across in the movie. That again, as a kid, I wouldn't have understood anyway. But yeah, the the whole magic of that, I love that. Like there was that mystical magical character, and at the end, you just realize he's just a normal guy. Yeah, he's, he's just, just a dude. He, he's just a normal guy with this larger than life home. reputation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's. I mean, I love that movie. It's one of those movies that I've watched so many times that it's hard for me to watch it anymore. I mean, I will like if it's on, but it's not a movie I go to like put on yeah. because I can I can recite the whole fucking thing like ad nauseum. So I'm trying not I'm try I'm I'm trying not to because I could sing all the fucking Munchkin parts like perfectly. Oh, no. <laughs> you do the high voice and everything. <laughs> As coroner, I lost her. I thoroughly examined her, and she's not only merely dead; she's really most sincerely dead. Wow! Right? Thank you, and good night. <laughs> We're not going to top that at all. I think you guys just added a song to your set list. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! If we pulled that out, I would love that. Put that in the middle of something. Yeah, it'll fit in with some song. I'm sure it will. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, I could do some voices now and then. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I I just loved it. I watched it. I had it on Betamax, 
Uh, I taped it off of channel channel two CBS <laughs> one Easter, probably back in like 79, something like that. And I just watched it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's because it, I mean, that was perfect. You know, was, I was six years old. You know, my mom and dad be like, yeah, let him just. Yeah, let's let him go with that. Just, one. That's cool. Yeah, we'll just let him watch that. Yeah. And everything. <laughs> so that's a Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great that's a great choice. I think and, and and I know this is a, this is off topic of the magic aspect, but as far as movie magic goes, I mean that was one of the first movies to to go from black and white into the the Technicolor, the Technicolor and to be yeah. able to use that aspect of it. So I mean, when you were watching that when it first came out, to have that that transition from black and white to color, I mean that was just a magical movie thing that was just really cool to have seen. It's like full of magic, yeah, absolutely. Flying yeah. monkeys scared the shit out of me. Oh my god, yeah, yeah that, those things, that movie yeah, those scared those me. Were terrifying, yeah. And that that wood scene, uh huh, yeah, the, yeah. where they find the tin, that was. Scary. Scary. Yeah, yep. I yep. was yeah. terrified. And then you know, as you got older, I'm sure you guys did the same thing where you had to look for the the part in the the or background, the hanging guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. The hanging guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it's like that eagle eye thing. You're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> like, it was awesome. My mom's in the chat now. She says, "Stole that movie from your mom." It was always one of my favorite movies. How would I steal it from you? <laughs> it's your fault that I saw it. <laughs> I'm giving you the credit you deserve. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> giving you credit. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, all right. Yeah, do you want to move on? Yeah, what's your number five? My number five is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Nice. Um, I got love, fun in games. I, yeah, I, I loved I loved the first one when it came out. I mean, it was Robin Williams, How Could You Not? Right. Yeah. Um, and it was such a great film that when it when it came out originally, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And like the animatronic animals, like I love that it was all practical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was that was a movie of my youth. And when they did the sequel to it, I'm like, God, why do we need to reboot something that was so good at the time? It's not necessary. Um, but I love the way that they updated Jumanji where it wasn't a board game anymore. Now it was a video game that had just shown up. And you've got these four students instead of just the one character that gets lost in this world. Um, but to me, I loved uh, The Rock, um, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way that they played these characters playing adults it yeah. was just fantastic to me i love yes. that interaction don't they all. like switch bodies yes at one point okay, they do yeah. yeah yeah because uh one of the girls turns out to be jack black and she looks in her pants and she's like how do you pee with this thing and it was awesome yeah it was a super cute movie I yeah really it was great it. um Barney, bobby uh Cannavale was the bad guy in it yeah it was awesome in it but um but to me the, the magic aspect was this magical board game that and, and I guess a lot of mine, now that I think about it, are curse involved as far as magic stuff goes. And I know you said you kind of avoided some of that, at least yeah. with the religious curse aspect of it. Right. For me, I realize a lot of mine in there, there is a curse of some kind or a talisman or something that brings to life all the magic that happens. Um, but but yeah, it was one of those things that going into it, I didn't need to see this reboot of my childhood and watching it. I'm like, okay, they did that justice. I was really yes. happy with the way that that one turned out. I felt the same way. I, when I first found out they were doing it, I was like, no. Oh, the, don't I touch mean, that. Don't do yeah. that. It's Robin Williams. You know, it's just that's a. But no, they, they did it right. It has just enough of, you know, the Jumanji-ness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, but it's a whole new thing. And yeah, they, they really did Great their casting. own. Oh, the casting is amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't have thought that Joe Jonas would have been good in anything, and he was really good. It's like the one that they were looking for, <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. character to kind of bring into that. And then um, I forget who the non-playable character is, uh, the guy from Flight of the Concords, um, Murray. Right. Um, and I've seen him in multiple things, but he just, he had that, 
um, that very straight man, a little bit goofy kind of thing. Um, and and, and I, I guess I realized, like, as I was looking at my movies, those are the ones that I tend to like is that little bit of like magic element that puts you in this weird place that suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> and this was one of those movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, Javier wants to know what's on your shirt, Megan. You'll wait. See. Oh. It's coming up. Oh, oh, see. It's a teaser. It is a teaser. <laughs> it's a literal teaser. <laughs> All right, Larry, what's your number four? Man, man, we're off to a great start. These are great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four uh, is getting back to more of the, in a way, it's, I mean, it is about magicians, earth, earthly performing magicians, but it, it does have um, a side to it that is still a little mystical and unexplained, a little mystery to it, and that is the movie from 2006, The Prestige. I got another one I haven't seen. Yeah, I don't recall that one. Really? Okay. So the Prestige, it's it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It's Christian Bale, right? Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. And that's when he is like real thin, right? Isn't he in that one? Um, yeah, I mean he's pretty thin in it and stuff. I don't know if that's the one that he specifically lost the all that weight for because yeah, Christian Bale's man, that guy. Yeah, talk about going all in on a character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that guy is something else. But um, yeah, it's got quite a cast. It's got Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Andy Serkis, and last but not least, playing the character of Nikola Tesla, David fucking Bowie. You have a movie with David Bowie playing Tesla, and I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> you know, like I'm. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Joe Juarez says it was the machinist when he uh, lost all that weight. Thank you, Joe. You're correct. You. You're correct. Joe, you're yeah. my guy tonight. I appreciate <laughs> you. He's, he's got our back, man. Um, this movie deals with, it's it's about these two they, frenemies, the they competing, um, I, I don't know how to, it's, it's really hard to, for me to explain this movie. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to spoil it. Because this movie, especially since you guys haven't seen it, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there's people out there that that have not seen it as well. I it's really hard to give it away, not to talk about it and not give it away. But let's just give say it away, this: give it away, yeah, now. give it away now. It takes back in in like Edwardian England, and they're both like competing, um, performing magicians. There's like some love triangle stuff going on there of why there's some anger and resentment towards each other is it with bowie um no 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 but bowie ends up kind of being a catalyst to help provide them well one well ends up being both of them with some technology that allows them to do some tricks that you oughtn't think should be possible and um this is one of those movies where when you get to the end of it and you find out all the twists and you because you're watching this movie and you're and that's what I love about these kind of movies. And I love about a lot of the movies on my list today is that I love movies where you're trying to figure out through the whole movie, like, how is this going to add up? What do the what do these pieces mean? What is it? You know, who's really the good guy and bad guy here? Who's really who done it? All this kind of stuff. This movie, oof, even after seeing it, I'm just warning you people that after you watch it and you get to the end, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Hmm. How? Like, wait, what? Like, because 
so much of the things that happen, you're like, once it's explained, you go, oh, fuck, that's how they did it. And, that, you know, reasonable, logical th- explanations for things, even though you never saw it coming. But then there's certain things that you're like, well, wait, what? <laughs> like, that shouldn't be possible. And why is that possible? Like, it, and it just leaves you with more questions. You know, it's it's a it's a really dark and intense movie. And I highly recommend checking it out, man. All right. You're two for two on your recommendations tonight. Yeah, I, I definitely think you should check it out. We got comments in here. Uh, yeah, Javier says the twist to that movie is ridiculous. It, it is. It's like, man, it's... <sighs> I want to talk about it, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about it because it, it's the kind of thing that I could do a whole episode just talking about that movie and just like... And maybe we will. Like, maybe if you guys go watch it later, mm-hmm. like, and if... If it's pertinent to a discussion on here at some other point, I would love to talk about theories behind it because it's one of those where it's like, what's your theory about what it means? What's your theory about how that ended? And was that like, do we take it at face value or was it? It's it's weird, man. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds kind of like that's par for the course for the Nolan movies I have seen, yes. like Inception. Like, you yes, know, yes. You know, at the end of that, you're like, okay, how do you? Is it that kind of thing where you're like, very oh. much, very much, okay. very much, where you're like, wait, 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 Give what? <laughs> that can't be it. What? What? How is that? Yeah, it, yeah. You'll All see. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank you for not spoiling it. No, I'm, I'm not very gonna... intrigued by it now. Not yeah. <laughs> like Javier says, it's a Nolan film. Yeah. Exactly. Sums it all up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Megan. What's your number four? I went with something uh, kind of similar, more recent, 2013, Now You See Me. Damn, that's that's my number three. Is it, well, you stole <laughs> yes. my number two, so. Fair enough, okay. <laughs> you can suck it. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. wow. Going for the jugular early. Like, Seriously. we're not even to number three yet, and Megan is already throwing the dagger. He, he, he stole my number two. See what I got to oh. deal with? Jesus. <laughs> anyway. So, but yeah, it's kind of the same thing where it's, you're not for sure who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. And and then you throw in the second one as well, and then like twist who the good guy oh. was, and mm-hmm. he no longer he's not a good guy, and it was a lot of fun, and I think they kind of brought the magic movies back to the forefront with those kind of movies. It's like they kind of like waned away, it seemed, other than like Disney movies and stuff like that, m- mythical, but these kind of movies. It seems like Now You See Me brought that kind of genre back to us. And I love the way they did it. I love the casting in it. They were so fun and engaging and just seeing how the magic worked behind the scenes. Because I, every David Copperfield special that came out, I was watching. Disciplinary (laughs) airplanes, all that. I loved it. So that was a lot of fun to see how they did it. Yeah. Towards the end of it. but Yeah. I mean, and supposedly, let me just add in a little aside here. Um, I watched... Uh, David Copperfield talking because I think he was an executive producer on that on that series. I watched David Copperfield do an interview and he was talking about the magic in that movie and he was saying, while there's a lot of things that are done that are enhanced a bit for the movie, you know, magic and of it and everything and some things that obviously had to be done with CG and stuff like that. He said, ultimately just about every trick that's actually in that movie is doable. 
and has and has its origins or has been done in some way, shape or form. And it's really when you watch those movies, you see some of the stuff they do and you're like, like that, come on, <laughs> they, nobody could do that. Nobody could be that precise with flipping a card that way or, right. do, or do things that quickly or not be noticed. And, and he claims he's like, nope, it's. And he even listed, he was like, this trick was done by this person and it was done at this show. Like, it, it, like he really endeavored to make it as borderline fantastical while still being rooted in some actual real world magic tricks. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, it, I remember watching that movie and the one thing that I remember pulling me out of it, it was like one of the scenes toward the end and it suddenly starts raining. Yeah. And, uh, and the rain plays a part in that aspect yes. of it, but they're outside and you find out that the rain was actually a setup that it wasn't actually raining. It was just raining in that one particular spot. Right. And like watching that, the practicality of that, I'm like, you're outside, you're in a space. How does nobody see wherever this fake rain is coming from? And it's, it's a minute little thing that bothered me about it, but it was one of the, it just pulled, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. things in movies that pull you out of something that you're like, well, crap, now I can't really pay attention to the right because I'm stewing on that yeah. one particular thing. <laughs> oh, but, I just went through that the other night with Spider-Man No Way Home, but oh, we're, gonna, we're saving that for yes. another. <laughs> no, well, there's, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that was one of those, like, that particular scene. I was like, oh, come on. Like, it's just, it's not. But the rest of it was really cool. It, like I said, it was just that one particular moment for me that I'm like, you guys, you had me until here. Yeah. I, I agree with you. They kind of explained that though, didn't they? Didn't they actually explain like how they did that trick and why it why it kind of fooled people the way it did? You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, and they and they yeah. So that kind of redeemed it toward the end. Like I like I was willing to kind of suspend that because of getting to that end point. But it was just it sucked because it was one of those like and, and maybe that's good storytelling that like you're like wait right. how do they do that and why and then they get to the end and you're like. Okay, I could kind of I'll dangle that carrot a little bit to, yeah. to to suspend that disbelief there. That's cool, um, but but yeah. So I like out of all the magic magic movies, this was going to be on my list. It, it fell just short of it, but I had a feeling one of you two was going to pick it, so I didn't feel as bad we omitting it did, from that so. list. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, good choices, you guys. Yeah. Nice, yeah, awesome. Um, so my number four was, and I have to bring the Harry Potter movies into it. It was the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, and, and again, I loved all the Harry Potter movies. I loved the books prior to, you know, everything coming out. Like I, when I was one of those guys, you know, when the book came out, I, I was in line to buy it. It was awesome. And, uh, um, I remember a, a friend of Carrie Ann and I's, uh, had read it and he called, he read, finished the entire series and, uh, he called and he's like, so, so you've read it, right? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm getting close. He's like, well, can you believe that they killed Dumbledore? And she's like, what? Why would you do that? What? What the hell? Like it was one of those like you, mm. um, not salty about it at all anymore. You know, years and years later. <laughs> but, um, but again, Harry Potter, that fantastical world of magic and muggles, and you know, magic being a real thing, but it's hidden from the populace. And I, I just love that that idea of it. But one of the things that I loved about the Prisoner of Azkaban was that to me that was the Empire Strikes Back of the uh, the Harry Potter series that was the first time like uh, being the fifth book fifth movie um, up until that point harry had always kind of come out at the end of the year kind of on top like he was he was doing better things are going great here it was that Sirius black comes his uncle who he finds out that you know he can go live with um at the end of the year so he doesn't go back with the dursleys and life is going to get better for him and then Sirius black dies at the end and wait you're like, no that's the fifth movie the fifth yeah. yes that's, that's what we're talking about right yeah azkaban right 
No, that would be Order of the Phoenix. No. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, then that's my choice. <laughs> I don't know why I said the wrong thing. But, you meant, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. To say Order of the Phoenix. Thank you, Order of the Phoenix. So, so yeah, okay, that makes more. I'm glad you said that because that makes more sense now. Order of the Phoenix yeah, is okay, thank definitely, you. yes, the. Uh, we're we're, we're going to go over back. and overdub all that. We're <laughs> no, go back. no, it's fair enough. These <laughs> fucking titles and everything. Well, it makes it, Azkaban is when Sirius Black first comes in. Correct. Everything. Yes, yes, That's yes, with yes. him and Lupin. But Order of the Phoenix. By the way, I guess we should probably have said spoilers because you just like you just. <laughs> I did. I spoiled things. <laughs> it's okay. I've only seen the first one, so you just spoiled it all for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody dies, Megan. Everybody. Everybody. Lord Everybody. of the Rings, or no? Everybody. What is this? Though? Literally, in a, manner, in a manner of speaking. Everybody does die. Yeah. Just about. Jeez, really? Everybody, yeah. We have a saying here at the zoo. Sometimes monkeys die. It's not a good saying, but we say it. <laughs> I'm friends. I love that quote. Okay. Um, anyway, but yeah. but yeah, so Order of the Phoenix, you meant. So yes, I did mean Order of the Phoenix. Thank you. Um, so I'm glad that we didn't put these the photos up because I would have yeah. given you the wrong photo on That's this okay. one. Um, but but yeah, it was like the first time that they were like genuine like consequences. Things are not going to be okay. Yes. Um, and I loved that aspect of that particular movie because and and that point it sets up the movies for where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but but as far as like the and you had talked about. I don't, I don't know if that if your Harry Potter actually made it on your list or not. You said that there was one you were considering. I don't know if it if it did later on. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything. If you're if no, you no, I'll tell. We'll like we could I could bring it up now because it was just going to be a uh, honorable mention. Okay. Real quick, Javier says it's the wrong movie. It's actually Half Blood Prince. Well, that's Half Blood Prince is is the Dumbledore thing that he brought up mm-hmm. earlier. Correct. Um, the serious thing he's talking about is is uh, is Order Phoenix. of the Phoenix. Yeah, because yeah. because Half Blood Prince. That, that, I mean, that's a grim, it's kind of weird because from hmm, the very, the end, the last half an hour, we'll say, of, uh, of Goblet of Fire, which is one of my least favorite Harry Potter movies for a bunch of reasons, but from the last half hour of Goblet of Fire on through to the end of, uh, of uh, Half-Blood Prince, I feel like that all together is kind of the empire strikes back of the series of itself. Whereas then you, you could look at Hallows one and two as being sort of the return of the Jedi. Yeah. We, Cause everything always has to be compared to fucking star Wars. You know, <laughs> I'm not complaining. I do it all the time, yeah. you know, but in any case, um, no, the movie, I, I totally agree with you on that. Like, I think, I mean, <sighs> order of the Phoenix, man, God, that was such a rough book and a rough movie mm-hmm. to watch because it's like you spend so much of that movie just being frustrated and, and book being frustrated with uh, with what's her face, frog face. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I can't stand I can't stand her. I can't stand. They go through all this adversity through the whole year and they finally get to the end and that happens and just yeah oh my god it's so it's so it was the curveball of it like it was like you know so much shit is just going wrong and you're like okay there's this one glimmer of hope and you took that away and i I remember reading that and it was one of those like i had to go back and read it three or four times to make sure that i didn't miss a lead up or like was (laughs) like talk about like sleight of hand is there a way that he's going to come back or he's going to come out of this and it, it just it didn't like it was just bam kid you're going to suffer and we're not going to hold back on it and i loved from an emotional standpoint that a book and then a movie made me feel that because you felt so bad for Harry for everything leading up to this, that this is one, his one ray, this glimmer of hope and it's gone. And then what's amazing about that is like what I was just saying 
from that moment on, talk about like Harry suffering Mm -hmm. and just being miserable from that moment on, literally, literally until the last 10 minutes of the final fucking movie, he suffers nonstop. Uh It's just horrible, 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 like Jeez, this poor kid goes yeah. through goes through it, man. And that's yeah. No, the movie that it, so my I only have one honorable mention. I'll mention it now because we're on the Potter topic. I only have one honorable mention that was going to make it tonight, and that was going to be uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. And the reason why I didn't include any Harry Potter in my list was because of the parameter I had to set on myself of too fantasy. Like there's no real world kind of phony magic kind of stuff in it. And honestly, I could talk for four hours just about (laughs) Harry. I know you could too, just about Harry Potter. So I said, no, I'm not going to do it. But the one movie that I did strongly consider was deathly hallows one. And the reason being is because even though it still deals with actual mystical magic, I love the fact that that movie sees them very shortly into the film and in the story out in the actual real world, in the muggle world. They, we see them in the streets of London. We see them on the Scottish Highlands. There, there is no Hogwarts in that movie. There is no you know, safety and sanctity of, of Hogwarts. There is, there's no Dumbledore to protect them anymore. There's no... There's no uh, new potions master or or defense of the dark arts master there that's going to protect them and kind of, you know what I mean? There is no Lupin. There's none of that. They're just the three of them are out there roughing it in the real world. And it has consequently the vibe of it. There's periods of just like nothing happening. And I know that a lot of people nowadays go, yeah, I don't think it's boring. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, to me, that's more captivating you're like watching them just go and you just feel this like tension and this like, man, like, you know, yeah, like they're they're just in this tent living together for months on end, mm-hmm. moving along, just trying not to get captured, literally trying not to get killed. And the tension there and the and like the vibe of it, you know, there isn't a bunch of you know, mystical John Williams fucking music. Well, I love John Williams, but I'm just saying <laughs> there's none of that there. It's just stark real world shit. So it's mystical magic, but it's very much put in a real world situation. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, that's and my three favorite Potter movies spoiling it. Now, if we talk about it later, this could change anyway, are <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, Order of the Phoenix and Deathly Hallows Part One. So, yeah. and I know, you know, again, this is something I could talk about for hours, but um, w- with that, the whole, like the serious black arc that starts in Azkaban and ends with, you know, Order of the Phoenix in there, there were so many really cool characters to me that were introduced, like the Dementors, yes. like the idea of that, like to read about those in the book and to picture what they're like. I mean, it's just big ghostly figures that do nothing but they're suck horrible. your soul and your happiness out of everything. And that's how you're imprisoned is your happiness is just gone and you were just your own. And I, I guess you and I have talked about this. I can relate very well to that idea of something just sucking your happiness out and oh, yeah. just sucking that soul away where you're just stuck with the most horrible thoughts you've ever had in your life. And that's your own internal prison. Yeah. And and I think for me, 
with with that to where Sirius Black's character was, I felt like both of them were going to get this redemption <gasps> that yeah. they both got it back. And you know, Harry loses the one thing he loves, and Sirius loses so much more. It's just it was brutal to me. And I, like I said, to me, it's that Empire Strikes Back of the Harry Potter world that it was the first time it wasn't like happy go lucky magic. Like there was there were real consequences to what was happening, and that's what I loved about. Yeah, it. well, we took that major like hit the brakes and do a one eighty at the end of uh, Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Because up to that point, yes, it was mm-hmm. all very like magical movie. Yeah, oh, for even children. that, even that one eighty, like if in the movie in the books, you're like, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gearing down. Like, okay, we're ending, and holy crap, we are not. We are no. not at all. Exactly. So. so yeah, Meg. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about it, and you've seen, but it's totally worth still watching. I don't know. It sounds pretty miserable to me. It, it is. Can be. It can be absolutely, <laughs> it, and that's it, one of the things I love terrible. about it. It's, yeah. It is, but it's not. It's not miserable in like a say like a horror movie kind of miserable where you're like god this just puts me in a bad mood there's still hope you know what i mean there's still there's still tender moments and there's still funny moments and stuff but yeah it's it's not like the kind of especially by the time you get to the last few movies last couple of movies it's not the kind of thing you're gonna like easily just let like your seven-year-old kid sit down and watch you got to really think about it the first couple of movies oh yeah you know like uh, yeah uh, some some uh, kid that age yeah no problem you know Mm -hmm. but you get to that other stuff like the you it came out like we were talking before we went live it this series the series is amazing to me because it not only did the characters grow up but everything about the storytelling and the movie making grows up as well with it you just look at look at it look at the acting look at the way it's shot look at the colors look at the music look at the 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 vibe and the you know the tempo mm-hmm. of sorcerer's stone and you compare that to deathly hallows and it, you you're like how is this even in the same yeah yeah if you watch them back to back the first one and the last one like it's hard to imagine how they got to that point yeah and and to me like one of the things that i loved about it when i first started reading the books i was it was 20 years ago so i was in my early to mid 20s mm-hmm. and like i think i started reading them when the third book came up because there was all this hype and i'm like it's a, it's a book about a wizard kid in a castle which I, book I did you start with i i when i first came into it they were on book three so i, I went back and i read them from okay. the beginning but it was i started with book three okay and then I went back and wa- oh. and read the first two. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it was one of those like, you know, here I am a 25-year-old guy and I'm super excited about the next wizard book that's coming out. And I hadn't yeah. felt that way since I was a kid about mm-hmm. something. Um, but but it, it, the way that those stories grew, one of the other things that I, and, and again, this is bigger and we'll, we'll cut this in a second. But one of the things that I loved was that the way it set up some of the things in the beginning, like, you know, Harry could hear snakes talking in a book. And that that didn't get addressed until like two, three books later of why that's an important thing. The planning process that J.K. Rowling went through for the books and for the movies, I think just the plan that she had, because it was so well thought out from one to seven, it helped that story so much more in every aspect of it. And I just, I, I loved it. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely give it a chance. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, when you, when, yeah, when you have about 18 <laughs> hours to make it through all seven movies, you do it, girl. All right. <laughs> so that was all our number fours? That was so. all God, we're only fours. on number yeah. four. <laughs> all well, right. Well, a couple of them yeah. now we've already talked about so that are coming up on lists. Um, so my number three. So this is like a total curve from the other ones that I brought up. I mean, granted, the prestige is a, it, it's, it's a little psychological scary. It's a little weird. But this movie takes that even farther and um, very different from the others. I'm talking about a movie from 1978 
It's a psychological horror movie called Magic. Are you guys familiar at all with this movie? I don't think I'm going to know any movies on your list tonight. No, okay. No, I don't think I am. It starred uh, a younger, uh, he's amazing in it, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. is in it. Uh, Heard of at, him? Yeah, you know who Anthony <laughs> Hopkins is. Uh, Anne Margaret is in it. Love her. Yeah, she's great. And Burgess Me- Meredith, hmm. you know, from Clash of the Titans and Rocky yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, what the, it's it's based on a, a William Goldman uh, screenplay and stuff. Of Princess Bride fame? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, gosh, another one that I don't really want to spoil for you. But ultimately what it's about is Anthony Hopkins plays a uh, a broken down two-bit comedian stage performer guy that's trying to get somewhere, but he's just not very good. In, in some ways, I feel like the movie Joker borrows a little bit of context and premise from this movie the uh the uh what's his fe- uh phoenix um um Joaquin Phoenix movie yeah it's got some similarities to it so if as i'm describing this a few people go wait man that sounds like joker yeah, there's there's a reason um he's this broken down like he wants to be a performer comedian guy he's he's got a mentor who is old and dying is not is not well and he's kind of trying to help this kid anthony hopkins like get somewhere and everything and he just he just keeps falling he has terrible performances where he's like humiliated and all this stuff and he uh one of the last times he speaks to his mentor but as the guy dies basically yoda style (laughs) as the guy tells him look you need to find something you haven't found your thing you're just copycatting Everybody else that's already done this shit. You're just trying to copy off of me. You're de- you haven't found your voice yet. You need to find your voice so you find your thing. And the guy ends up dying. And it turns out in this mentor guy's broken down New York apartment or whatever is a marionette, a wooden, goofy looking wooden dummy. You know, like the classic Charlie McCarthy looking dummy, right? And it like clicks in his head. Like, oh, like it literally, it literally in his head sort of starts speaking to him, you know, like, hey, like, find me, you know, do this. So now we fast forward a year. I forget exactly, but some time goes by and Anthony Hopkins has spent his time honing this craft. He's now become this amazing uh, ventriloquist, right? And and he does like a whole magic ventriloquist comedy act thing. He's doing very well. He gets to the point where he gets a manager who's played by Burgess Meredith and everything who's it's Burgess Meredith. So, you know, he's a typical like you're going to the top kid, you know, kind of thing like just stick it, you know, stick with it and I'll take you to the top and everything. He gets him uh, a chance to possibly be like have like his own like variety show thing on like television and Anthony Hopkins like freaks out about it and just takes off. Basically, go, he goes to like the Catskills or something like that. Everybody, Burgess and everybody assumes that he took off like, oh, you know, he's afraid he's running from he's running from uh, fame and the responsibility of it. What it actually turns out is the reason he ran is because he found out that as part of the networks, uh, just what they do with everybody is like 
before they're going to sign a contract with them is they check like all these things. Like, are you, you know, is, how, re how reliable is this guy going to be? Is he got debts? Is he on drugs? Is he an alcoholic? Is he crazy? Blah, 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 blah. Well, Anthony Hopkins runs away because he knows they're going to do this and he knows he's not mentally stable. He's, he's aware of it. So it's not like he's not aware that he's fucking crazy. He knows, but he can't help himself. And what you come to find out is basically that the character of Fats is the name he gives the, the puppet. Fats is obviously him. He's voicing Fats or, well, you know, there's, there's times where you're like, wait a minute, how's, how's that happening? You know, Fats seems like he's got his own way of living and being and thinking and stuff. But in the more or less, you're, mo you're supposed to believe that it's all Anthony Hopkins and that he's he's like schizophrenic he's got multiple personalities and stuff and the worst side of his personality is basically he's coming out through fats and uh he goes to seek out an old girlfriend who's ann margaret who he he had been in love with and stuff but she had moved on and got married he ends up reconnecting with her she becomes actually pretty infatuated with him you know it's like wow you're you're amazing and you're funny and you know my life is terrible and like she sees like this really cool possible new beginning with him which is all he's ever wanted but at the same time he's fucking terrified because he's like I i'm i'm not mentally stable so how is this going to work out well in the middle of all that his manager burgess comes and tracks him down and is like trying to talk to him about it and very quickly like is realizes like oh yeah okay you're not afraid of fame you're afraid of yourself because you obviously like there's like there's a classic scene there's a brilliantly acted scene between the two of them where you know he's trying to can uh, anthony's trying to convince burgess like you know no it's i'm fine i'm fine i'm just practicing my act and blah 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 and burgess says yeah make fat shut up for five minutes just talk to me. Just make him shut up for five minutes. Don't do the, you know, just you can make him shut up for five minutes. We're, we're good. Otherwise, if not, I'm going and I'm calling the authorities and I'm getting the, I'm getting them to basically come take you away and get you help. And that's the scene. It, is, it, it doesn't even make five minutes, but it's the scene of Anthony Hopkins trying so hard to hold this back and not do it and and it's just like it's going on and he just gets to a point where after it's like three minutes and he just kind of says like i can't i can't like i can't even from there on obviously you know now he's got all the possibilities of getting back together with this this woman he's infatuated with and all this stuff it starts to get a little grim you know because then fat starts telling him things like well we maybe we need to make him shut up you know he want me to shut up maybe we need to make him shut up kind of thing and that's when it starts getting a little murdery and horry and stuff. And uh, I won't, again, I won't reveal where it goes in the end and stuff because there's some twists and things. But dark, not a happy movie, not a funny movie. Um, uh, but well, my sense of humor, <laughs> I of course find some of it pretty funny because, goddamn man, fucking smart ass talking, fucking marionette dummies, like fucking ventriloquist dummies are my shit. Like I, those things are so. That's fun. my jam, baby. It that's, is, dude. I that's love my that. Jam. Like remember, like shows like Soap. 
You remember the show Soap? Yeah. And what's is it with Bob? The, the, like, oh my God. I love that shit. I love old wooden dummies, like, especially when the, the humor. So it just naturally, even though it's like pretty creepy, it's still, it's it's just my humor. My my buddy, my best buddy, Nick and I, we, we yeah, we love that stuff. We, we've, we've put on our own like little puppet show things with things and done like filmed them and done some completely bad humor that I probably couldn't put out anymore because everybody <laughs> be like, yeah, people be like, you guys are fucking crazy, but you know, we've got a fucked up sense of humor. Yeah. But anyway, it's not a funny movie really overall, but it's, it's actually a pretty scary movie. And it's one of those movies when the people that are old enough, if they remember when this movie came out, the, the, the ad that would run on TV because they used to show great trailers on television and stuff at night. The ad that would come on was fucking creepy and terrifying. And of course, I was five. So I saw it. I didn't see this until a few years later. I saw it on Spectrum or on TV or one of those paid television things I saw it when I was probably like around eight or nine. And by that point, I could handle it a little. It did. It never really scared me. It was a creepy movie in terms of just the vibe of it. But but it wasn't like a horror movie. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the, the acting is fucking superb again, just those, I mean, there, there's other actors in it, but just those three and Margaret Burgess, Meredith and Anthony Hopkins carry pretty much the whole movie. And they're all phenomenal. You just watch that and you don't, you don't see that too much anymore. That kind of level of acting where you're like, holy shit, man. Like <laughs> that's classic, amazing acting there. So anyway, it's a great movie. Um, the magic in it is kind of tragic and grim, but it fits. I mean, it's called magic. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, clearly it fits. <laughs> listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening Megan, is your number three as as dark as Larry's number three? Yours is like the complete opposite. Mine's com- yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got dark in it, but nothing like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> go ahead. So, no, go ahead. Like, we I'm can traumatized at the moment. No, 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 so, um, so I chose 2017's live action Beauty and the Beast, which is my shirt, Javier, <laughs> is Beauty and the Beast. It sounds as dark as magic. It is. It is. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. So we've got two movies on on in this list that have Emma Watson in it. Yes, we do. Yes. Wow. Interesting. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. I like I'm, Emma I'm Watson. Totally yeah, I loved her in this movie. And again, I know kind of teeters on that fantastical versus real magic. And I chose it because the whole thing starts off because a witch or sorceress or whatever who learned this magic put a spell on him until he's 21 and... He has to fall in love or stay stuck like this forever. And I've only seen the animated movie. I have not seen the live action. Can you, do you mind talking about what, what the differences were between the two of them and why you chose the live action over the animated? 
well, because I cut out the animated well, okay, ones. Okay, so let's say, let's say <laughs> that you had reason. to but cut out the animated ones. But you're a big fan of the... I love the animated ones. But no, had Absolutely. you... Absolutely. No, but I mean the, the live action. Yes, yeah, so let's say... I like, love. Okay, so let me ask this question, totally off topic of this, is if the, if the animated movies were still on the table, and we're talking Beauty and the Beast, which one would you have chosen, the animated or the, the real-life remake? That's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and so, and again, and I ask you because I have not seen the live action remake. How different is it from the cartoon? It's, it's not. It's not? No, it's, it's verbatim. So in the live action, they still have characters that are inanimate objects that have mm-hmm. been given personalities or people that have been enslaved yes. to turn yes. in. That's the part that creeps me out most about, like it really? creeped me out in the cartoon that like you have like Angela Lansbury and these other characters who were human at one point and now are teacups or dressers or things like that. In a live action movie, I think that would creep me out even more. Hmm. Really? Yeah. It's just one of Fair those, enough. like, it's it's a heebie-jeebie thing. Okay. Yeah. I can buy it, but it, I, I thought it was extremely well done, because I was like, how are they going to do this? Mm-hmm. Kind of like I was with um, Doctor Strange. It's like, so much goes on in the head. How do they even make this into a movie? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, these are like inanimate objects. How are they even going to make them come alive and make me buy it? But I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, it, again, it was kind of like um, the Jumanji thing, or like, mm-hmm. Come on, why why are we doing these li- live action things? And I haven't seen Aladdin. I haven't seen. Um, I saw Aladdin. Thousand One Dalmatian. Oh, Cruella de Vil or whatever. Yeah. Lion, yeah, I haven't seen. What did he see? What Lion King? I may have seen Lion King. I'm not for sure. I, can't see, I haven't seen any of the live I just action remakes because I, I haven't. <laughs> did we? Yeah, I, no, I no, did. You, I watched. Okay. I watched Lion so, wait, King. Did we? No. <laughs> yeah, and I but but I don't the same thing. Like I love the original so much. I don't want to. I don't want to have anything tainted by the new ones. And and the fact that you have and so so you as far as the remake on this does it compare with the original cartoon? Like obviously it's on your list for a reason. Mm-hmm. But like if you were to say like the 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 original cartoon I'm going to give that an 8. Is this worthy of an 8? Is it lower? Is it higher? Like where To me right now I would probably put on the live action over the cartoon. Really? If I was going to just put one on I, w- I probably would. I really, really enjoyed it. I really? didn't expect I would, and I but I really did. Huh. And what about, and again, like I said, I haven't seen the remakes, and I, I need to be sold on why I should watch them. Why would you put on the live-action remake versus the cartoon? Because I thought Emma Watson was amazing. And again, um, I don't I can't remember the guy's name that played the Beast. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, them on the rooftop and them fighting and everything like that, it, it looked amazing to me. Yeah. And I was just blown away how they could take that cartoon from my childhood. Yeah, they they were great singers. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Aladdin. The, the Will Smith as a genie kind of blew that one for me. Yeah. Kind of took it out. Yeah, for yeah, me. So I, yeah he came out of I, the I'm fucking kind of, lamp and shit. He saw fucking he saw Aladdin. Aladdin fucking said something about Jasmine. Fucking the genie fucking slapped him. Whoa. Said you keep Jasmine's <laughs> name out of your mouth. <laughs> I had I had wow. to. I had to. Wow. No, you know what? But, I don't mean to cut you off, but just because people are bringing it up and everything, and you asked, because I have seen, I've seen Aladdin, I've seen, I just watched Lion King like a week ago on Easter, actually, I watched it. Um, I've seen Beauty and the Beast, and I, I have to say, I, as much as anybody, was like, get the fuck out of here when I saw <laughs> that they were going to start doing these live action things. I remember us, me, you, and Vito being at the theater seeing the trailers for them and like, literally being on. like, fuck you. I watched all of them with an open mind. They're pretty good, man. They're they're pretty good. Could I say I prefer Aladdin animated 
I mean, Robin Williams, sorry. He just, he, he's the genie. Will Smith did an admirable job. He did an admirable job. He did his own thing with it and everything. It didn't take away from the original. Uh, Lion King is great. I'm, I, I might actually like the live action Live King, Lion King better than the cartoon. I know that's. I wasn't that's, big on the cartoon either, so. Oh, cartoon was my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know that's, that's, you know, might seem blasphemous to a lot of people, but yeah, I really like the live action one because I love animals. So I love seeing all the real animals in yeah. it and stuff. It's very well done. It's very, very faithful to the cartoon. So uh, Joe brings up, he wonders how Little Mermaid, I'm real skeptical of that one. Yeah. We'll have to. <laughs> I'm real skeptical of how they're going to pull that one off properly, you know, so. We'll see. But anyway, um, no, that's really cool, man. I think it's yeah. cool. I think it's I I love the fact that you actually brought that it's the live action because everybody automatically defers to the cartoon. Right. And I and I would. But like I said, I had to cut something out because there's like I love I love Little Mermaid. I love um Beauty and the Beast, uh, Aladdin. Al- yeah, I love Aladdin. Aladdin's like my favorite one of them all. Wow! B- but I love all those. So I had. There's no way I could just choose. They would all be those, yeah. right? The Disney yeah. animation ones. So yeah, I was like, Aladdin, I, I had I to cut them out. Too. Sega had the Aladdin game that came out. Oh and that, yeah. I loved that game because oh, you, shit. like, you played and the monkey would follow you around, and it yeah. was it was awesome. It was one of my favorite games to play as a kid, and because of that movie, I mean, Robin Williams, and he was just so fantastic in that and i think with to your point that's why I, i'm apprehensive to to give will smith that chance i don't know yeah i'm, I'm still there but beauty and the beast i think you should give it all a right shot. emma uh, watson yeah. i mean well yeah and i love emma watson and my wife out of all the remakes that was the one my wife saw in the theater and she raved about it too she said it was really really well done and like i said it's it just i don't know you have to bite the bullet and yeah, do it I know. one day. Open mind. Open yeah, mind. Open mind. Honestly, that's what I'm liking about this episode so far out of all these top fives that we've done as a group. Um, for the majority of the ones, there's usually some overlap, but the, but a lot of what we're talking about, I haven't seen. Right. And I'm, I'm for me personally, I'm loving the education tonight about mm-hmm. some of these other movies because this is a topic that, like I said, when you brought up, I hadn't really thought about. And um, there's there's so many more movies out there that I had originally even considered. So I'm, I'm very appreciative to both of you guys for, for giving me... Your thoughts on these things. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is The NeverEnding Story. Nice. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, this like, was... Do my best Lamal. Yeah. God, I love that song, too. <laughs> um, this is one of those movies, when it first came out, it, to me, it was so different from any of the movie I had seen, and I forget what years. I didn't, I didn't actually mark the years that... I think it's 85. Did we cover that in our 85 recap? I think we may have. I think have. we did, yes. Um. But I mean, there were so many different characters to it. Like I could, I, I could totally relate to Bastion. You know, when he he's getting kind of you know bullied and picked on at the beginning of the movie, and he hides in this bookstore, right? And uh, he he's he finds this magical book that that he kind of just ganks. And um, like I I can totally relate to him going to school and not wanting to be there and finding a place to hang out. And yeah. The school that he was in was this absolutely gorgeous building, and he finds this this attic that you know is just kind of overrun with all these old artifacts. It was very Goonies esque oh, yeah. up in this, a- this attic that about kind of it. Shit. Loved it, you know. And he's opening the book, and he just becomes embodied, you know, with Atreyu, you know, the character in the book, and the idea that there's this child empress who needs help. And th- there were so many characters in it that scared me, but also I-, I fell in love with them. Like you know the um 
um, the Swamp of Sadness and that huge mm. turtle. Like the huge turtle just scared the hell out of me because it was so bigger than anything that I had really seen before. Um, and, and I feel like with with a never ending story, this is much more of a mystical, fantastical movie yeah. than any other. But to me, it was the magic book that he opens up that transports Bastion into this other world. And that to me is where the magic comes into play is, you know, as he's reading this, he's not just reading the book. He is very integral in the storyline yeah. of this hall. Um, but I mean, there were parts that were much more in 85, 86. I mean, I was 10, I was 11. There were some themes in here that I, I don't think I was ready for. Like when, when the, the horse. horse, the horse, I mean, the horse was such, um, have you seen the never ending story? It's have been you a long okay. time. So, I mean, this horse gets stuck in the mud and he just sinks and sinks and they can't pull him out. And you know, Atreyu was so heartbroken that he's trying to, to get this back. And it was one of those first, the, my first real like in touch with I don't know if I'm ready as a kid to deal with the emotions that this movie is giving me, but but God, it was it was awesome. It was so fantastic. I think I mean, that was the case for a lot. I mean, like it's so for your generation. Like, What's your most traumatizing? Yeah, I mean, for your generation, your age, all those kids that were probably between the ages of like you know seven and twelve, it's like that saw that movie. That like, like that was wow. That was an impact. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's so many like the nothingness. The idea that yes. there's this thing called the nothingness that is attacking the land, and it's just stripping it, it was like the precursor to the dementors like yeah. that's what the nothingness sure. was it just came in and it just swope everything away from the, the land you know um uh felcor i mean who didn't want to ride felcor this right. big white awesome dragon like he was so cool um and then we, because i was a kid i was 10 11 there's one point when um when Atreyu has to pass these two statues and he has to do it with this confidence. Like otherwise, you know, he's going to he's gonna find himself dead. But these two statues were these two women and yeah. like big gigantic boobs. Like they were <laughs> like unabashed like statue boobs. And I was an eleven year old kid. I hadn't really seen anything like that. So I paused that portion of the movie so many times because like, it was mm, boobs I was allowed to boobs. see. And I think, you know, my parents maybe had watched it with me once and they kind of did the whole eye cover thing, but it wasn't like anything sexual with these statues. It was just they were boobs and it was awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, and I loved at the end how, you know, Bastion through the book becomes kind of that saving grace. He's the one that can kind of come in and make everything better. And he's kind of this chosen kid to to make everything right. Um, and again with those, some of the adult themes like in that end of the movie when everything is happening like the winds are whipping through this attic and they shouldn't be and it's like everything that's happening in the book is happening to Bastion and it was just one of those like first moments of I think for me watching a movie and realizing that there was a character that was supposed to be reading a story by the end was pulled into it and I remember like the older I got when I would read books, like I would finish a book and I got so depressed because I couldn't be a part of that world anymore. There wasn't right. another book to oh, read. Yeah. Like you left that world and you're like, crap, like what do I do with myself now? Because I'm so emotionally invested in those characters once I've read the book. To me, that was Bastion in Neverending Story. Like at the end of that, mm -hmm. you, I wanted more. I wanted to live in that world so much longer because of all the trials and trials. And it was a kid. It was a kid that was my age right. that was able to do all of these things and live this life. And I remember thinking that the the uh, the child empress was so pretty. Like he yeah. was going to do anything for her. And it like it just struck a chord with me at that moment in time that I related so much with Bastion. I wanted to be him. And how bullshit is it for a kid where you're like, yeah, you're like, you're like 10, 11, whatever. And you're like, I'm so invested in this, but then you're like not that worried about it because it's called the never-ending story. Right. And then it fucking ends. Yeah, it ends. Yeah. It didn't even care. You know, you're yeah. like, this is going to go on forever. I'm going to get all kinds of episodes uh -huh. of this. And you got like two. Yeah. 
Right. And even the second one wasn't even wasn't yeah, yeah it wasn't well, even, and even yeah. Javier in the chat. You know, say my name, Bastion. Say my name. Like you could feel that calling, that yearning that Bastion right. needed to say her name. And it was also kind of cool because at the end of the movie, he finally shouts this name. But there's so much wind and so much noise. You're, it's never really clarified what he's actually saying. Like, is he saying a name? Is he saying his mom's name? Because his mom is supposed to be, you know, that's that's part of like his inner turmoil that he is dealing with his relationship with his mom and things like that and there was so much like i said it was such a a themed movie that was aimed at kids in the previews and things like that but the subject matter was so much bigger than anything i was capable of handling at that time it was it was awesome no here's the crazy thing so i know you said you haven't seen it in years and everything i've seen that movie once really Back in 1985. Yeah, I saw it maybe once or twice. I saw it in 85 one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it, of course, on various things in the internet and stuff over the yeah. years. I've watched documentary things about it and stuff, you know, so I'm still well-versed in it for the most part. But yeah, I've only ever sat down and watched that movie from beginning to end one time. I saw it in the theater with my buddy Mike back in 85. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. I'm like sitting as you're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm remembering, and I'm like, why the fuck did I never watch, watch again? this again? Yeah, I wore that VHS tape out. It was one of those on repeat. For me. I think it had to do with the timing of it because you're just on that teeter, just being too old. Because I was 13, mm-hmm. you know. So there were other things that were, yeah, that kind of got my attention at that time and and as much as it does have like a like you said like a uh a a little bit of a serious kind of even mature-ish kind of element to it and stuff at the time i kind of viewed it like oh this is really cool and stuff but i i could already feel myself sort of growing past it a little bit and where my interest in movies was going at that time was like so you know because i'm 13 so now i'm like watching the exorcist and nightmare on elm street and all that shit which was funny well the exorcist is still amazing but on in general anybody that knows me you i, I don't really like that i don't really watch that stuff much anymore you know like i'm like it's fine but it's not my jam um, whereas like now, you know, you tell me like, Hey, let's watch never ending story or oh, they're going to bring it back for the anniversary. Go see it at a theater. I'd be like, Fuck let's yes, yep. let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to do that. So it's kind of sad for me. I sort of missed that whole thing. You know what I mean? Because my age was just right. And I envy that you were right there with it. Like the perfect age for that movie well and, and again that that song that you know closed out the never-ending story yeah it was such a great song like as a kid it was so catchy and then it was weirdly enough as i got older and i listened to that song you know it was kind of that one hit wonderish kind of thing um it bothers me that the lyrics in that don't really rhyme it's more it's a story that's being told like it's not oh so it's like a november's a doom song, song. <laughs> Um, I fight with yeah. Paul all the time about that. I'm like, rhyme, yeah. please, yeah, just rhyme it's, once it's, in a while. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, but but and, and and you know, but but as a songwriter, I I want that rhythm. I want that there. But um, and then you know, with Stranger Things being what it is, you know, the last yes. season of that that played that song was so integral in one of the last episodes of it, and for me, it was such a great callback to that because again i could talk about stranger things all the time oh we're gonna do probably stranger things is coming up because we're gonna get Mm -hmm. the penultimate season Uh yeah they're doing a deathly hallows thing part one and two Uh and uh just from the trailer i watched of that i'm like oh my god holy fuck we're going to do once yeah we're going to do some sort of retrospective kind of thing about that well and to me that was awesome because so many things about stranger things really hit 
the 80s properly when they did when they used that song in that one particular episode it was one of those like heart string i'm like oh i love yeah. you so much even more yeah. so <laughs> yeah it's it's a great staple for me so thanks for letting me you know have the opportunity to discuss that one no it's no problem so where are we at we are number two, two now we're at yeah two. okay so make sure i'm coming so my number five was willow mm-hmm. my number four was prestige my number three was magic my number two we already talked about it, and that was the first Now You See Me movie from 2013, I think mm-hmm. it was. that. Yeah, don't really need to say anything more about it. We talked about it. and it's, it's, it's my number two because the movie's just so fun. It's the first time they took, you know, performance magic, Copperfield-type magic, and made a fucking action movie out yeah. of it. You know, like, that's so cool and so different. Love it. You know, just, it's the kind of movie that even though... I know now all the I know what happens and I know all the tricks and stuff. I can rewatch watch that. It, yeah. I can totally That's rewatch it. For you. It's another. It's it's like the Ocean's Eleven of magic movies. It really is, and, and the <laughs> cast in that was amazing. Yes. I mean, Ruffalo was great. Woody Harrelson was awesome in yeah. it. I loved. Um, uh, I forget her name. Um, yeah. The 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 brunette that was in Masters Ayla of Sex. Fisher and, or something like uh, that. Well, Isla Fisher. I Isla love Fisher, her. Yeah. She was great. Oh, Lizzie Kaplan. Okay. Is the other yeah, one. Yeah. I, Lizzie yeah, Kaplan. Right. I just really enjoyed because Lizzie Kaplan exudes sexiness with a little bit of that like hard ass kind of like she's right. gonna give it right back to you kind of thing I love that so I, yeah I felt like all of the characters in that were great and to your point in the second movie when they kind of twist the twist a little bit more yeah. with the characters it was it was really really well done yeah mm-hmm. so that's why it made my my number two and beat out the other ones and stuff so yep that's my number two now you see me so I'm going oh. on to Meg my number two was 1988's Willow, which we also talked yeah. about in length. And again, like I said, I chose it kind of the same reason you did for, um, oh, I forget what's the Warwick's real world name? aspect of it. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. Which guy? What's the second Warwick's name in the War- movie? Willow. Forget. Will. <laughs> Offgood. Hey, what's the Off name good. of the, yeah, Off Willow, good. oh, his, lost, his last name, Willow, Willow Offgood. Jesus yeah. Jesus <laughs> Hey, you know that movie Willow? What's, What's the name, name of the main, the main character? Um, I Willow think it's... Offgood. <laughs> you know what? You can both go junk in, I junk feel in like a lake. Junk in a lake, is, okay? You know what? You wouldn't be our Megan if you didn't pull that at least once in an episode. I was doing so you good, are, too. You are our Damn Megan. <laughs> you are not only are you our Megan, but you will be our guest. Be our guest. You are our Megan guest. You could fuck it up just like with the fucking best. <laughs> I appreciate that you brought the rhyme in there. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering where that was going to go, and I was going to be funny before, but you rhymed it, and that's awesome. Good Lord. Oh, so anyways, again, Meg, this we, is a movie I watched it. a gazillion times as a kid. I love it. I rewatched it. I love it still. I love the magic components. No, it's, it's amazing. Solid number two. Watch Willow. Willow. That is a good. solid number two. All right. And I don't on. mean by poop. I don't mean no, poop either. No. Yeah. All right. My number two <laughs> is the 1980s movie Mannequin with uh, Kim Cattrall. We have uh, and Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. We have uh, uh, the dude from Designing Women. Um, what was his name? Black dude with the funky sunglasses. Loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude! Yeah, hang uh, on. I'm looking. Yeah, look you, that up for me. You talk about it. I'm looking um, it up. The the security guard was the hard ass from Police Academy that was always razzing on Mahoney. Um, but the premise of the movie was that in Egyptian times, 
uh, one of the Egyptian princesses, queens, I forget what she was, had a curse put on her that she was turned into a statue. Well, that statue over time became a mannequin. Um, and uh, Andrew McCarthy is this out-of-work uh, guy who is looking for something, and he ends up becoming a mannequin dresser at this department store and kind of putting you know the, the displays together and things like that. And... Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Doing dirty things with a doll. That's yeah, Javier. <laughs> that's totally what this movie is. But Kim Cattrall was my crush for the longest time. Oh and yes, like this like you know oh, yeah. you know Andrew McCarthy gets to hang out with her and like at one point um, at the end was I, I forget if it was Andrew McCarthy's ex girlfriend or coworker who had a crush on him oh, who yeah. kept like running for his affections and Andrew McCarthy is pushing her off because he is in love with this other woman and you find out that the other woman is this mannequin but the thing about the mannequin is only uh, Andrew McCarthy can see her in her living form otherwise she is a mannequin all the time so if Andrew like if you and I are talking we're having a conversation if Larry was out of the room and something he walks in you turn into a mannequin and I'm having a conversation with a mannequin and I look like a complete moron she does that a lot of times to me actually now yeah. that I think about it like I'll come up and I'll say something and she just stares at me yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it, it was true like like plastic mannequin turns into that. So like uh she wants to go for a ride on Andrew McCarthy's motorcycle, so he takes her out for a ride and to everybody else there's a mannequin riding on the back of a motorcycle with a guy through the streets of yeah. New York City. And like it, it, but but the the way that their chemistry works together, um, you know, the, they fall in love. And at the end of the movie, this other woman who is vying for Andrew McCarthy's affections wants to take away the doll because she thinks that Andrew is just not doing well in the head. And she gets rid of the mannequin that Andrew will love her again. So they take her into the back of the store into this like chipper wood machine, chipper, this yeah. wood chipper thing that's, that's supposed it. to destroy the mannequin. And they pull the mannequin apart. So Andrew is like trying to run up and like pull these pieces before they go into this chipper and he's throwing them around. And at the very end of the movie, this true act of love that he has for her brings her to life so everybody can suddenly see her and they kind of live happily ever after. Um, it, it's just, it was one of those like 80s movies that it's, it's a total, so you movie. Oh, it's, 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 it's cheesy and it's crazy, <laughs> but it's, I, it's awesome. I absolutely fucking love this movie. Yay! I have, I have a VHS tape. That I, I mean, I haven't watched it in however long it's been since I've had a VHS machine. Years. I have a VHS tape that I got back in like 87 from a friend that I was going to uh, Mount Carmel with. And he, it had just come out. So it had that on there. He gave me this tape. He's like, oh, you want to see that mannequin movie? Like, he, yeah, I know how he got it. But it had mannequin on it. And then the other movie that was right after it was Purple Rain. No, that's an excellent, that's a great that's double a feature. Great that's a great tape. double feature. I watched the living shit out of that fucking tape. Yeah. I thought Andrew McCarthy was was great as the nervous, funny, you know, romantic kind of bumbling romantic guy. Kim Cattrall is adorable. She's got mm -hmm. like this great energy in this movie because she, because he starts out, you know, aside from just the the romance aspect of it. He starts out being very sort of like nervous, bumbly within himself. He's not succeeding in life. He's just, you know, like he just seems like he's always doomed to be an also ran yeah. kind of person in life. And he's treated like shit by his fucking boss, uh, Mr. Richards, which is played by James Spader. Oh, yeah. I forgot about people. James Spader in that one. Oh, yeah. And everything. And, you know, people like you're thinking you're thinking the character of Hollywood. Yes, Hollywood. Played Thank by, you. Uh, Meshach Taylor. Yes, and, and he uh, was just amazing. Like every scene that he was in, he stole it with his oh, over the he top. Was oh my god, amazing. it was amazing. That scene at the end with the yeah. fucking water hose. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, 
he, you know, he's just, you know, uh, Hollywood's like kind of befriends him, but in sort of like a, oh, you know, You're like, like a sad poor, puppy dog, poor, yeah. poor guy, like, you know, I'll be your friend because you're, oh, you're honey, hopeless. we're gonna take care of you, yeah, yeah, here. right. It's and she comes along, he meets the man. Of course, at first, he thinks he's just crazy or whatever, and even, even as he's kind of like going along with it, it gets to a point where he's like, you know, I might be crazy. I might just be fucking imagining all of this. I kind of don't care yeah. because I'm so happy for the first yeah. time in my life. And I'm like, and she's bringing out like all these things in him to make him realize like, you're not an also ran. You're not a bit player. Like you can fucking be like the guy, like, you know, and everything. So it's like this very also in a silly eighties rom-com kind of way. It's a very like inspirational kind of movie and stuff. Um, Absolutely, I haven't watched that movie in probably twenty years. But man, I would like if if again, it's another one. You're like, hey, you want to watch Mannequin? I'd be like, yes, yes I want to watch Mannequin. <laughs> and what was the the song from it? It was the it's the Starship song. Um, Nothing's gonna stop us. Yes, now. I mean that was like the iconic uh, theme for the whole movie, and it yes. was awesome. Uh, but even like Javier in the comments, like he he brought up a point. Like at the very end, it, the janitor is the one that is tasked by James Spader to destroy the mannequin. So he throws the mannequin into the chipper and at the very end of it, the mannequin comes to life, you know, and Kim Cattrall kisses Andrew McCarthy and the janitor just tries his luck. So he's just like kissing every mannequin he can find because if it happened to one guy, it could happen to him too. Yeah. And it's just that 80 cheesiness that's, it's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Javier brought up a good point. He said they, I mean, he goes, I mean, they also use a doll in weird science. They, they, that was, that was a thing. That was a thing. That was a thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I get a little personal here, but I mean, at the time when that movie came out and I saw it, again, it was like some point in 87, and I was 14, I guess, and uh, 14, 15, and I was lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I was not popular. I was Andrew McCarthy's character in so many respects, even though I was just a teenager. I was not popular. I didn't have a girlfriend. All my buddies, even the fucking fat, scrubby-ass buddies I had at the time, somehow managed to have a fucking girlfriend, you know, like, they, you know, because all, because they had long hair and a car, you know, so it was like, oh, they can get a fucking girlfriend, but I was just always like, oh, Larry's a nice guy. He's always, like, the friend that tags along. I was the the Will from fucking Stranger Things, you know what I mean? I was that kid. You know, like, oh, he's really sweet. We all care about him, but, you know, we're not going to date him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody's like, he's just the tag-along friend, right, with the group. So I had a tendency to really fall for these sort of silly juvenile romantic notions mm-hmm. you know i'd be the guy that would fall for the princess and never ending story i'd be the guy that would fall for the mannequin yeah totally this, same. you know i was i was and i because i was always the i ever since i was a little little kid i was always romantic i didn't tell anybody know that but in my head i was always like mm-hmm. a romantic guy like i always was into romantic movies romantic stories i even on cartoons you know i didn't you know of course outwardly and then my buddies everybody be like Ugh, gross you know girls i'd be like yeah gross but meanwhile in my head i'd be like no i want to kiss him yeah. you know <laughs> so but anyway um so i so a movie like mannequin at that time like that was like bam mm-hmm. That hit me so hard. I was like, this is great. And I loved, I like, I loved the fantasy aspect of it. And I, part of me also kind of really liked the, I sort of liked at the time, the fact that nobody could see them and everything that they were just, 
It was something it, just for it them. It was just them. Yeah. And like I said, that whole idea where he even at one point was like, you know what? You might not be real. I might be imagining it. I don't care. Mm. I'm happy. And it was like, that's cool. Yeah. Like that, that it made me realize that it was like, you know, what's, what's more important, you know, having this cool aspect so that other people will be like, oh, you know, he's Larry's cool or whatever, or being like, no, just you be happy. You find your own happiness. It doesn't matter whether it's alone by yourself in a ensconced in a great book or in a movie or if you're creating music or writing stories, like find your own happiness Absolutely. kind of thing. So I know how I got all of that out of fucking mannequin is something else. But <laughs> but to me, that's the beauty of everything we're talking about yeah. every two weeks is what movies and entertainment does for us. It gives us that that moment, that ideal. Like mm-hmm. there are certain things that touch you in a certain way that I think kind of speak to your psyche and your core. And you're like, okay, maybe a stupid analogy, but it works for me, and I'm good yeah. with that. I love it. Exactly. Oh. So that's that's a really I that is a very left field uh, choice for top five magic movies but i'm i'm down like yeah (laughs) so we're on to the number ones yeah Yeah. numero uno so the number one for me the number one uh my favorite uh magic movie and this was i i shifted my list around gradually over the last couple of weeks but this one was always number one and it is the illusionist i fuck man it's it's another one of it's very romantic uh, and but it's romantic in this cool, dark, fatalistic kind of way, which is totally me. Um, and it stars Edward Norton as uh, the great uh, was Eisenheim is is his magician name and everything. And I'll just give a real quick because you don't you've never seen I have it, right? no no okay no, yeah. so sorry everybody I'm gonna have to give her a little recap thing so that Matt knows what I'm talking about. You've seen it right? I have. Okay, so. Um, back, it, it takes place in Eastern Europe and is supposed to be back in like the 19th century and <clears throat> later, later 19th century, like right around the turn of the century. And, uh, when Edward Norton was a child, he, he was just like, uh, the son of like a cabinet maker, like he was poor and everything. And by chance he meets this girl out in the forest who's kind of like running away to get away from her, like her family who are very aristocratic and well to do and all this stuff. And she doesn't want to do that. You know, she, she, she just keeps trying. She just wants to be out in the forest and experience the world kind of thing. But they're this very upper crust, snooty European family and everything. They meet and he's he's fascinated with magic like already at this young. They're supposed to be like tweens. Maybe eh, maybe they're supposed to be like around 13, something like that. And he like even at one point because he's got skills with woodworking and everything from his father. He creates this like really cool little locket thing. This like little heart locket thing that he you have to know like the combination it's all Rubik's cubey to be able to open it. And inside it, it's got it. Hey, he put a little black and white photograph of himself. Like he gave it to her because they're becoming like better friends and everything. They end up in juvenile love. They're like falling in love with each other. Well, of course, then her family figures it out. It like is like comes and gets her and is like, we're moving away and you need to stay away from that kid or we'll have him fucking him and his father fucking killed kind of thing and everything. And they're heartbroken. And he never sees her again for a while anyway. And he never sees her again. 
Until he does. Until he does, yes. (laughs) And they skip, all of a sudden it just skips way far into the future. Like, I don't know how many years it's supposed to be at that point. It's probably supposed to be like, maybe somebody knows better than me. Um, It's supposed to be like maybe 15, 18 years later. I mean, he's like a full grown, you know, probably like in his late 20s, early 30s, man. And everything. And now he has traveled the world he got he got out he traveled the world kind of inspired by her you know because he she was always like encouraging him like you're you know you know fuck it you're not poor you're not nothing like you're you're something amazing he travels all over the world to discover everything he can learn about magic and every and all this stuff and he returns back to i think this takes place in vienna and he returns back to Europe as now he is the great Eisenheim. And he's this incredible musician, like just cutting edge, like the best musician or just magician in the world kind of thing. And by chance, it just happens that this Archduke guy, the son of this, this uh, Archduke, uh, this, this, this total piece of shit asshole um, comes is is there, comes through and everything. And he's got his bride-to-be who was just this you know aristocratic well-to-do uh heiress and everything and it turns out it's it's the girl that eisenheim they had no idea they were going to meet each other again and uh they go to see this eisenheim show you know she has no idea who eisenheim is and and he just by chance ends up because the this whatever he is duke guy is like, oh, you know, he's asking for, you know, can I get a volunteer from the audience to do this next trick? And the Duke guy wanted to show off. Is like, oh, I have my fiance come out and do it for you, you know. And he treats her like shit and everything. So she gets up on the stage and he, Edward Norton, immediately is like, oh, my God. Like, it's it's her. Like, and she doesn't recognize him and stuff. So he does this trick, whatever. They, they, you know, the, she's kind of mystified by him as it is and everything, but he's now like, he goes off stage and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, I can't believe, like, this is the woman I've been pining for for my whole life and now she's here and she's marrying that fucking scumbag and like, ugh, you know, like, I thought she was better than that. Like, it, long story short, they do wind up like meeting, like secretly, clandestinely meeting and stuff and, and talking to each other and come to find out that she's you know, pined for him and missed him all these years as he has for her. But she's like, I'm still in this life. I still, I'm, I'm betrothed to this guy and he's not a good guy. And he's, and actually he's wants to like overthrow the government and like all this stuff. Like he's, he's just a bad guy and he's kind of using me to make him like look better, which now just makes Edward Norton just that much more like, Oh no, 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 no. Like, fuck this. We're going to fuck with this guy. Like we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, <clears throat> really try to get back to this guy at this guy. Well, unfortunately this guy, the, the, the Duke guy is like pretty crafty himself and he start and he's got all these spies. He's got all like, he's got Paul Giamatti plays the local police uh, chief and who's on his payroll and everything. But, but Giamatti is kind of taken with Eisenheim. Like, cause he's, he's, he, he really likes Eisenheim. He doesn't want to like be an asshole to Eisenheim and spy on him and everything, but he has to, because he's on the payroll kind of thing and stuff. But through the long, there's all this like twists and turns and stuff that happens. And 
it gets violent and things bad things happen to Sophie, to Jessica Biel's character, the girl that Eisenheim's in love with and stuff. And then it becomes like a tale of like revenge. And then it gets real mystical. I'm skipping a lot because I don't want to blow it for you because I, I really want you to watch this movie. And then it gets kind of mystical and it's another one of those movies kind of like a little bit like the end of the prestige where you're going, wait a minute wait a minute, how are they doing this? Like, how is this all fake magic? You know what I mean? Like, how are they pulling this off that it's fake magic? And maybe, maybe what I'm watching, maybe this really is happening. And maybe, you know, maybe the Duke really did do this. And maybe Eisenheim really did figure out some kind of tap into some mystical Dr. Strange style fucking magic arts, you know, and everything. It, and it takes you all the way up to the very, very fucking end of the movie before it reveals itself like how what happened and how and and you go back now you have to go back and it makes you want to go back and even watch the movie again and go wait a minute but how did this how did they do that and how did this go and like oh wow like and it's it's literally one of my favorite kind of movies that does that i love those movies where i'm taken on this ride and i'm like how did this happen how did how are they gonna how did they pull that off how's where are they going like oh no like you go through all this gamut of emotions and like hows and then you get to the very end and it reveals itself and and not only does it reveal itself but the way everything went down and how fucking deep and how much they thought of every fucking thing you're like holy shit like the one scene at the very end, without giving too much away, the one scene at the very end of the movie is Paul Giamatti as this inspector, police chief guy, figuring everything out in his head now after the fact and putting it all together. And he just just starts clapping. He just starts applauding like to nobody, you know, just to himself, just going, holy shit. Now that there, there's no magic act, that there's no act that it's ever can top that like that was like that was something that they pulled all that off it's it's so good everybody edward norton i don't know if you're an edward norton fan i know he can be kind of love hate with a lot of people which i can see he's so fucking good in this movie yeah javier says he's a treasure and needs to be more movies <laughs> yeah well he's difficult to work with from what i understand oh, really? yeah he's I, I again i'm not like super deep into hollywood gossip stuff but from what i know is that he's he's kind of fucked himself out of a lot of things in Hollywood because he's got really he got really popular and he got really demanding and really high priced and he just a lot of people I think don't want to work with Edward Norton, you know. But he's great in that. Jessica Beale is great in that. Um Paul Giamatti's great in it. It it's and again, yeah, if you like kind of like romantic, suspenseful, like, dude, watch this movie. It's it's it is by a far margin. It's my number one. Hmm. Interesting. It's so fucking right. good. It is on and, my list. And one thing that got brought up in the chat here is he said that it came out. This, it's the same year as uh, Prestige. The one thing that fucked up both of those movies, why both of those movies didn't do better is they were very similar. I mean, especially in the premise of, you know, they, they literally take place in the same time period. It's about magic it's about like how is this you know it's real mysterious and kind of spooky in some ways and stuff the two movies came out at the same fucking time mm -hmm. and they sort of cancel each other out hmm. because a lot of people i think were like 
I don't get it. Or they'd read a review of like the prestige and be like, cause they, especially prestige got kind of mixed reviews from a lot of people. And I know a lot of people that I've talked to that I'm like, Oh, the illusion is one of my favorite movies. And they're like, Oh yeah, I heard bad stuff about that or blah, 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 this and that. And with, you know, with, you know, with Christian Bale, I don't like him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wrong movie. Mm. Wrong movie. It's the illusionist. Well, what the fuck's the illusionist? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. and then I explain, uh, yeah. So it was like, so it's over from like the Dante's peak, uh, volcano, the yes. yeah, uh, Armageddon. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like the, like deep impact in yeah. Armageddon. Like, uh-huh. yeah. We're two movies that just, yeah, they came out within the same month. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, and then, and then that just, yeah, that was confusing. And then it caused people to kind of have to choose. I didn't see either of these movies till they were on video for that same reason. I was just like, what? I, mm-hmm. I heard about one. Is it that one? Is it this one? And as much as the prestige is they're, they're, at the core, really, they're very different movies, very different outcomes, especially prestige is a very good movie. Highly recommend you see it. The fucking the illusionist is a fucking absolute must see absolute must great movie. So put it on my list. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just like that. Now you've seen it. Did you did Meg? Did you like the movie? I did. I don't remember a lot of it, so. No, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it, liked it, moved on. All right. Well, okay. I do. Well, All right, so I'm going to put that in that. Okay. <laughs> one four and one meh. Yeah. So, right. Matt, I'm going to see where, you, where you're going to fall. Okay, no, no. I, I think I think it. both of these, I'd be fine to have us watch these and have further discussions on them. I'm yeah. Down. I'm down. Meg, what's your number one? I went way back to ancient times in 1971. So a whole two years before I was born? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty ancient. <laughs> and I went bed knobs and broomsticks. Wow. <laughs> I have not seen that movie since I was a wee lad. I, wee lad. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I saw it at the Lands Theater in Lansing. Did you? Oh, yeah, back when I was very little and everything. I loved that movie, but I haven't seen it in probably... 40 years. Yeah. I loved it, loved it, loved it when I had nieces and everything. I set them down and made their little asses watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> they were a little indifferent to it, but I still loved it. I was like, look, look, you're not watching. But so I chose it because obviously Angela Lansbury's character is studying to become a witch and she finds out, you know, her schooling's closing down or I can't remember exactly, but she needs this last spell to do what she needs to do. And she ends up having to take these kids in because of the war and hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. A little cartoon. They go cartoon characters are dancing under the sea with them. Yeah, that part's very Mary Poppins. Yes, Yes, it is. And then playing soccer with all the animals. I love that part. But the, the army was so creepy. See, and because again, this whole episode, like I feel like I'm so behind the eight ball because either I haven't seen them or it's been so long since I've seen them. I, I don't have anything like constructive to add. Like, I, I honestly don't remember that part at all. Like, all no. of these, it's yeah. like the, the end battle where she makes yeah. them, they're all rise and it's just like their uniforms and their their um, armor and all that stuff and they're like marching but there's like nobody in the armor oh that's creepy I, yeah the, i think i do vaguely remember it's that. like yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah it's, it's nazis, against yeah. the nazis because they're oh. coming to invade and it's like even the horses they're not horses it's just the armor for the horses yeah that's <laughs> that's yeah it, that, that part's super creepy cool the super creepy <laughs> but. <laughs> but i loved it they go down to you know 
on the bed, obviously, bed knobs and broomsticks, and they got to tap it and turn it a certain amount of times, and it takes them to all these magical places because nice. it's based on the spell that she does for them. I used so. to pretend my my um, my bunk beds. I think I've talked about this on the show before about how I had, even though I was an only child, I had bunk beds because I thought there would be like a good lure to get my friends to stay over because <laughs> I was so fucking lonely. Um, but I used to play uh, bed knobs and broomsticks on my bed because I would pretend like it was like a ship, like kind of thing, like I could fly it and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And I, yeah, and I'd turn the fan, big old box fan and tie like little flag things and pretend like it was like that. And Yeah, but I, I was super excited. I, I was already like 15, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I got a day bed and it had those knobs yeah. on the end. I was like, <gasps> It's so cool. I love it. <laughs> I have to awesome. have this. So, yeah. 15. Even at like 15, I was super stoked about this That's movie. Awesome. I still love this movie. So, there's nothing wrong. The numero no. uno there. Nice. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't really have anything okay. else to add. It's That's it's okay. a great it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a bunch of people out there that are probably like, yeah, you know, because when I've brought it up to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I never watched that one. I've seen Mary Poppins. I never saw Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I prefer Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I do, too. Poppins is good. It is. But, but well, I prefer this. Minus Dick Van Dyke's horrible Cockney accent, accent and yeah. ac acting. And oof, it's, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Mr. Banks is fucking asshole sometimes. But, yes. but I mean, but, uh, <laughs> But no, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, that's like, it's a more fun movie. Like, there's a lot of fun to it. Angela Lansbury's great. Of course you have Angela Lansbury in it because you and your fucking murder, murder she, she wrote. wrote. Oh, Love it. Christ. I was sold. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, but yeah, that's cool. Nice. That's yeah. a very Meg number one. Finish, yep. Yeah. Yes, yep. it is. So is it to me then? It's it to, you. to you. This is one we've talked about before, and I and I was almost thinking about omitting it from the list because I have brought this movie up before. But if we're talking about like my favorite movie that involves magic, it's Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. Um, which is yeah. the third of the Evil Dead movies. And when I first saw this movie, I was in high school. I was like 14, 15. Um, and it started my love for Bruce Campbell as this cheesy B-movie actor that has so much bravado and machismo but he's not worthy of that kind of bravo. <laughs> right. He's not at all. Um, but but the, the magic portion comes into play because in the very first Evil Dead movie, they find this uh, this book of spells, the, the Book of the Dead, uh, the Necronomicon in the basement, and that book you know, travels through here because of the Necronomicon. It takes him back into medieval times uh, where he has to save this castle and this village from an army of the undead. And... In this, he has to go, and while he's there, he has to find the book um, by saying the proper spell in the proper order. It puts things on the path that it should be. Being Bruce Campbell, he can't remember the spell at all. <laughs> he totally like makes it up, and he does this like cough into his arm as he says it. He's like, Klaatu, Verato. <laughs> and it's just, but, but the humor in it was fantastic. And as a kid, not as a kid, but as a teenager, I love playing Duke Nukem. It was one of the coolest mm. computer games you could play. Okay. And most of the dialogue from Duke Nukem came from Army of Darkness. Like the, <laughs> right. you know, um, uh, like, you know, um, I, I can't even remember them now because I don't know. I'm having a moment. <laughs> um, but, but it was just one of those movies that, it, and we've talked about this too. I don't like horror movies at all, but this walked that fantastic line between horror and comedy in such a way like it was a lot of stop motion animation that we you know we talked about um uh harry how was in 
Um, Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, it was very you know indicative of his yes. earlier films and things like that. Um, and again, I love it so much. You know, my second born son is named Ash. He's Asher, but he's named after Ash Williams from the movie. Right. So there's just something about that movie that's always going to hold a place in my heart. And like I said, I know I've discussed it before, but to me, if we're talking about like my favorite movie that involves something about magic, it's it's that one. So I kind of. I don't want to say it took the easy way out, but I couldn't. I couldn't pick another movie that I liked just as much as that one in order to fill in my number one spot. Yeah. Nice. So just have to have it there. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? It's been a while. I saw it once, or parts of it anyway. Wow. Yeah. I have. This is my boomstick. Yeah, that was one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like you have here. You yeah, Javier. are my guys tonight. <laughs> Javier says uh, he saw that movie first, then went back and saw the other two Evil Dead movies, and it's his favorite of the three. Interesting. And, yeah, and I did the same thing. Like, I didn't want to see Army of Darkness because I'm not a horror fan. And if you've seen any of those movies, uh, the first Evil Dead movie tried to Sam Sam Raimi directed it, and he tried his best to do this this horror movie, but he did it on a budget, and they did it in literally this cabin out in the woods, and you know it was. Uh, low budget amazing. filmmaking, like fucking amazing. Yeah, but I'm like, not a big horror guy, but I love the Evil Dead series, man. But like Ooh. at one point, you've got this evilness that's chasing you through the woods, and it's really just Sam Raimi just holding his camera down by his legs, and he's running after you. But it looks at this low angle, and then and the sound it makes. Oh yeah, yeah, that the, yeah, oh, dude, oh, it was yeah. creepy oh, enough. Oh my god. Um, and then the second Evil Dead movie is pretty much a remake of the first one, but they camped it up a little With bit. That, yeah, the humor is yeah, amazing. The humor is great. Like that's when you know he loses his hand, and like it's just like that's all the things that made Ash William this great, lovable doofus character came really. The first one was him trying to be this leading man actor, and the second movie was oh he's got some comedic chops who can watch mm-hmm. this. And then the third one was just all about that comedic timing. Like at one point he. He is Ash Williams. Uh, you know, he's fighting these other little characters, these little mini me's that happen yeah. to be him. Yeah. And it's like, the, like you were talking about, it's like the Lilliputians. Like they're yeah. trying to like attack him and take him down and everything like that. And uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful combination to me of horror and comedy and action and all the things that a 17, 16 year old kid loves. It's like if you had to embody like my teenage years, it's that movie right there where it's you know a little wow. grotesque, it's a little over the top, it's a little stupid, it's great sarcastic. <laughs> humor like it, it was it was everything i needed that to was do. evil dead 2 for me yeah yeah because evil dead 2 came out uh i guess uh i was probably yeah like around 14 mm-hmm. 14 15 years old i mean and that was perfect it was dark and grim and bl- bloody and brutal but then it had this fucked up humor to it that was totally my kind of fucking humor mm-hmm. But still scary in its own way. Like Evil Dead Two is still kind of scary, oh, yeah. but but then but funny. Like it did, and and that's that was so me at the time. I mean, at that time, it's hard to believe now how I feel about these things. Like that was the time when me and my buddy Steve used to sit there and watch The Exorcist, and we would overdub our own dialogue into it and mm-hmm. make it funny, like because we thought it was funny. Now that movie completely traumatizes me, but that's a whole other matter. <laughs> um, so that so Evil Dead Two was that for me. I, Army of Darkness is great and and everything, but by the time that came out for me, then I was like at the end of my teens, and I was just sort of like, oh, okay, this is just sort of a continuation of that, even but better, like you know, obviously better budget, better production, all this kind of stuff. So it was cool, it was enjoyable, but it didn't have that impact. I find that it seems like for me, like the guys like you or like um like Javier was saying and stuff, you guys that sort of I think experienced army of darkness first is like 
that made the impact. Very much I mean? so. Like yeah. that was the ones, the people that really saw that first and then went back and got the whole story. Mm-hmm. You guys are the ones that just, you're all in with Army of Darkness. Oh, absolutely. You know? well, and, and even Javier Which mentioned, I get. you know, if uh, um, if we've watched the live show, they had three seasons of Ash watched versus it. Evil Dead never watched on it. Stars. And that was one of those, we talked earlier, like there's certain things from my childhood I don't want revisited and I don't gotcha. need to see again. This was the exact opposite. Like this was, you You had this character who in those movies was full of machismo and uh, bravado and like, you know, wanted to be something bigger than who he was. And it was almost like a Johnny Lawrence. You flash forward 30 years later and he's gotcha. still this sad sack who hasn't <laughs> moved on from that, but he's still as cocky and confident as ever. Wow. And like he has no right to be as cocky and confident as he is. Um, and then Lucy Lawless plays one of the big bads in it. She's just oh, really? amazing. Yeah, she's oh, fantastic great. in it. Um, but it keeps in line with with the second Evil Dead movie and Army of Darkness, where it's campy and it's cheesy, but there's just enough horror in it to like give you those jump scares. Nice. It, it was it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, and then they did uh, the remake of the Evil Dead movie, which again that never was saw one, it. Yeah, and I didn't need to. That one's more of like a horror movie take on it, right? And you know, it takes it away from me. Like if I was going to talk about what should have been a sequel to, and I know this is off topic, but um, Cabin in the Woods. I don't know if you saw that the the Joss Whedon directed no piece. I never saw it. it. Was you saw it? It was. I think so. Yeah. It was a fantastic send up of horror movies. It was essentially it was it was Evil Dead. It was this cabin that was set in the woods with this cellar full of things that, you know, were set up to kill you. Um, but you found out that basically in Cabin of the Woods, they spun it on this head where everything that was happening in this horror movie was part of a bigger thing that was set up by this conglomerate like Raccoon City almost kind of from um um uh, Resident Evil, like that kind of thing. Like there's this like subterranean like world that's going on that has no, it was awesome. And, and, and in a weird way to see a movie that I loved so much as a kid for Army of Darkness and then even Evil Dead 2, to see it spun and how it's still affecting things now makes me even happier. Nice. Because to your point, like with the live action remakes, they they did it justice. They respected the source material and made it awesome. That's I how I great. feel. That's how I feel they did with the later portions of the uh, Bruce Campbell Evil Dead stuff. Yeah, I, so. I heard tons of great stuff about it. It's one of those things I'd watch someday. I just, mm. you know, I just, yeah. It, it's on the, I mean, again, I'm the guy, I'm the big fucking Marvel maniac, and I literally just watched Spider-Man No Way Home for the first time two days ago. So, you know, <laughs> I've got a long list of stuff i got to get caught up on. Do you mind if we talk? Because that, that one is my honorable mention. Spider-Man? Yes. Spider-Man? Spider- okay. Yeah, so so No Way Home okay. was my honorable mention wow. of this. Okay. Um, and <laughs> for those of you who are listening, I'm going to let you know, this is this is spoiler heavy if you have not seen anything, so I would recommend... Oh, you haven't? No. Okay, then I won't. Then we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it off camera. But there were, as far as the, the magic aspect of pushing that, sto- that story forward goes, I... I was just as excited about No Way Home as I was about like Endgame. Like right. to me, the the hype was was there about it. Yep. Um. Now, now, Megan, for, without spoiling anything, have you seen at least the ads for the like the it's now on video and like the characters that are in it? No. Okay. Um. Well, you know some of it. You know that there's Mysterio and all that. Whatever his name is. Mysterio. I don't know. Dick Gillen. You... That's the wrong movie. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, she's real. I don't have it. a clue. Okay. Okay. Um, that was the previous movie. That was, was Far From Home. No Way Home is the one where with, with, the, with, the, multi, with the multiverse. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm useless. No, no, it's fine. 
Um, but that was my honorable mention because I, I was really hyped up for it. Like to see the, in the original previews, you know, Doc Ock is in it and they've got, you know, uh, Croc is in it and Electro. And like the, the fact that it was all of these characters from the Sony movies that was bringing it into the universe here. We were putting together, yeah, we were crossing over all the other mm-hmm. and acknowledging that the old um, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. That and, they existed. That they existed and that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man movies, that they, they do exist. They haven't been written out of existence. No. They just exist as other universes. Correct. And that aspect of the magic of Doctor Strange pulling his magic in to make that happen, I was incredibly excited about the movie. And and I think, and you and I, Larry, we'll, we'll have a separate conversation about this. I feel like the movie, 80%, 87% of it, I loved. Mm-hmm. There's 13% that I'm like, mm, why did you choose that? And with most Marvel movies, even, you know, uh, the Infinity War, the choices that were made, even, even Endgame, the choices that were made like to let the snap happen, and we're now five years into the future. I hated that choice. I stewed on that choice, and I hated it. However, now with the other series that have have happened, all the other pieces, they're addressing that five-year gap and what it means to the universe. Right. I'm trusting at this point that the way that No Way Home ended, Marvel has a plan moving forward to address the things that I am most disappointed in. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. And Meg, I really wish that you had seen it because there's so many things that I do want to talk to you both about. Man. Um, But as far as my honorable mention, I appreciated bringing in those other Sony universes to show that they weren't completely written out. I love that that aspect of it. So when we're talking a magic movie, I loved that they took those Spider-Man movies I loved as a kid and they're now officially canon in the Marvel Universe that I love as it stands. Them putting all that together, them bringing in the villains, the the heroes, the the whole multiverse aspect of it, I have almost, almost no complaints about it. And I thought the interaction amongst the actors and stuff especially, like, was great. Mm -hmm. And that's what redeemed that movie for me. I was halfway through, a little more than halfway through, yeah, maybe about halfway through watching that movie the other day, and I just felt compelled. I I texted Paul, my singer from November's Doom, because he's a Spider-Man fanatic. He has a giant Spider-Man tattoo on his back and everything. He's fanatical. And I messaged him and said, I finally got around to watching it, and this movie is fucking terrible. Like, I was so mad. I was so fucking mad, man. I was so mad. I was like, I waited all this time. Mm-hmm. And and part of the reason I waited is because I had heard certain things that I was like, oh, but wait, what? How are they going to do that? Mm-hmm. What That doesn't make sense. Like, um, it's one of the issues I've had with the Spider-Man movies is that there's certain licenses they take, and I understand some of the reasons they take licenses. I understand that it's like, well, we can't walk completely in step with the MCU because we can't have those, we can't have all those characters in there, and we have kind of our own things we're trying to set. I get that, but there's certain things that I'm like, that's just fucking dumb. I mean, I'm sorry again. I'm not giving away anything to her as she won't get it, but but it's like, oh, you better lawyer up, Happy. What do you mean, lawyer up? He works for a fucking gazillion dollar fucking company that is the most powerful fucking thing on the planet uh-huh. Earth, aside from whatever cosmic Galactus Thanos fucking thing, like Stark International. But it's like, 
They have no control over any of this stuff. And, and you know, and they should be stepping in and doing stuff. But you know what? I'm going to have you three high school students. It's going to be your job to clean up this right. mess. And I'm going to walk out of here right now and leave you. What? Like, what is this fucking goosebump storytelling fucking bullshit? Like, this is like made for tweens. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, well, a 12 year old's not going to think about the logic of it. Well, I'm fucking 49 years old. And believe me, <laughs> I'm thinking about the fucking logic because shit is not adding up here. And you're doing it just as a means of because you want to tell this story where you're going to bring in the multiverse. And I'm like, it's. The, the again the multiverse aspect of it there's certain oh, there's certain aspects of it that i'm like okay man that just that redeemed it for me mm-hmm. andrew garfield in his big scene like i'm like that's oh heartbreaking and awesome mm-hmm. like i'm like oh like made me tear up i'm like that's fucking amazing yeah yes yeah. thank you that is worth it in this movie but all the stuff leading up to it, all this, basically everything leading up to May. I'm just to say everything that yeah. leads up to May. All of that, I was literally like, I may not watch the rest of this movie, and I stuck with it. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I stuck with it because it it did all of a sudden bring yeah. it back and redeem itself. But there's just stuff about it that I'm like, this is weak fucking storytelling. This is just weak, goofy work around. You're making everybody, you know, you made Dr. Strange a goof. You made, everybody's just a goof. Like, mm-hmm. like Happy's a fucking goof. Like, there is no, like, adult, sensible fucking logic going on in this fucking movie. Daredevil being there is fucking Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I, I was expecting a whole lot more I from wish. that. Like, oh. I, I, you know, because I'd heard, you know, there he's, there's a cameo in it. Like, I yeah. knew that much going into it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, how is this going to work? catching that brick. Yeah. I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's fucking badass. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to watch that scene over yeah. again. So, I mean, like, with things like that, they're set up for where it could potentially go. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to forgive for the time being. Um, but like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go much more into it than no, that. No, and it's true. And I feel that, they, again, yeah, because we'll go off on a tangent. I feel that way about a lot of the Marvel stuff right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, me and her talked about that a lot when we were doing our reviews of things like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, Mm, I don't know, yeah. but we're sort of leaving it to like, let's just see where they're going to go yeah. with it. With everything they've done so far, I have not been let down by anything, and I'm willing to trust that there's a bigger vision yeah. going on than I realize. A bigger vision? A white vision? Uh, a bigger, uh, white, uh, bigger uh, white vision. Uh, yeah. I, I believe in the white vision. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, but you're, um, you said that your um, honorable honorable was, was just was Deathly the, Hallows the, one. Hallows. Yeah, did you have did an you honorable? Have one? I did. I had a focus. I think it was like 2011, 2015. I can't remember exactly. It's but called it, focus? focus. Oh, that was okay. the Will Smith one with Margot Robbie. I remember Rob, that one. Yeah. yeah. So I watched that, and it's the only reason I made it honorable mention and it didn't make it in is because to me it's more like it's sleight of hand, which is magic. Yeah. Okay. Ultimately, yeah. so he's like teaching her how to do all this stuff because she really sucks in the beginning. Yeah. It was more of like a confidence it's a con. scheme. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more a of a con. con but but it's, yeah, but there's they're a ma- using yeah. magic. Yeah. yeah. As the basis of it. So I yeah I watched it. It was is really good. I really enjoyed and their it. And chemistry together a, was amazing. It really was. Yeah. 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 Who was the. Uh, who was there kind of like the big bad that they were fighting against? I don't remember. I can't remember his name. I need to look that up. Yeah. But it had like the nice twist at the end of it uh-huh. and everything. But I didn't see coming. I was like, oh, I should have saw that coming. Duh. Hmm. But 
it, it was it was really good and just he kept like I don't know he's like standing in front of her trying to explain things to her and he kept like stealing things off of her she's like stop that <laughs> it's like there's this ring she was playing with and he, he kept taking her it's like even though she nice. was playing with it he kept taking it and she's like you don't knock that off and yeah. so I mean, she ends up doing it this. back to him later and he's like you're gonna have to stop doing that sure. uh rodrigo santoro was one of the big guys in it he was he was in love actually one of you know my favorite oh, christmas okay. movies yeah uh he was on played hector in westworld uh, apollo and lost uh he was cersei's in 300 i've never uh, seen mm-hmm. any of those i've oh. never seen 300 i've never seen lost and i've never seen westworld oh isn't that crazy yeah what mm-hmm. kind of nerd am i and then the other big player in it was uh yeah that you know dude. him from Simon and Simon. Oh wow! Yeah, fucking Simon and Simon. Simon. Yeah, uh, Gerald McRaney. Yeah. Wow, from Major Dad. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, he was good in it. Yeah. He was kind of scary. <laughs> of your yeah. what? Yeah, he was I also know, Bastion's man, dad in Neverending Story. Oh, there, see, it all comes around. Yeah, <laughs> it's all full circle. You know, that's a good honorable. I'm pulling Megan That was a good honorable mention. Yes, it was. And that's all she got. Yeah. Was there anybody in there named Willow by chance? Man. Or do you just not remember? <laughs> so, Megan, I'm, I'm going to share a side story. She's so late. Just, just to make you feel Has better. Has anybody noticed, so, if you're watching this, you may notice how far like of a gap there is between. It wasn't like that at the beginning of the no. show. No. <laughs> I've just not. been gradually moving away from Megan yeah. so that I'm. P- oh. potentially about safe. to get my heel up your yeah. ass is what you're about oh, to get. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you. When we, for our honeymoon, uh, Carrie Ann and I, my wife, we went to, uh, hopefully I went with my wife on our honeymoon, um, <laughs> but we went to Disney World and she loves Toy I. Story. She <laughs> loves the Toy Story movies. And uh, we walk into one of the stores and they have the horse that, uh, uh, the horse character, um, which name I don't remember, which is even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> she looks at him, she's like, oh my gosh, I love him. What's his name? <laughs> and I'm like, he's you love him, you lo- but you don't know what his name is. And she's like, no, I don't. So it, you're I not the only one who has just like you know had those moments of this is a, what are we talking about? Yeah, I do it a lot. So I, I do it every too. day. <laughs> I just it's just fun. I, was just I never get anything I right. To, I appreciate the. I was trying to relate with a story that you're not the only one that does that, and you're like, it happens, it happens. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Carrie Ann, for having my back. <laughs> um, real quick, going back to your talking about the Spider-Man thing, just real quick. Javier yeah. says there's theories out there that Strange was not the Doctor Strange we know. And yeah, what if Strange? Yeah, and I'm I'm curious about that because it seems like from the previews that we're seeing from uh, the mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness that that character from the Marvel What Ifs is a part of that. And I'm curious how much of that animated what if isn't just a what if. Right. Well, I also noticed just real quick, there's a scene in Spider-Man No Way Home when after, when Doctor Strange shows up after the villain starts showing up and Doctor Strange shows up and he's got, he's like injured. Mm -hmm. He's like bleeding and stuff. And Peter's kind of like, oh, what happened to you? And he's like, ah, I was out doing, like, it was like real brushed off. It was a throwaway thing. It was like a throwaway thing. But I, but I, when I saw it, I was like, the fuck happened to Strange? Like, why he didn't battle anybody? Like, yeah. he didn't. There's do any- no throwaways in Marvel. No, no well, exactly. And, and we've talked about this. And again, this is a side note that I'll go on this tangent for hours if we have to. That um, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out first, but right. because of the pandemic, it didn't, and it got shifted around. And when you were talking about some of that lazy writing to make it work, yeah, I have a feeling 
that some of that writing got switched around because No Way Home mm-hmm. got bumped up, so they had to set something up. Could be for how that is. So I'm I'm curious. But the same thing with uh, you were talking Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. There's so much of that that if you watch. Um, like there was supposed to be that storyline you and I've talked about that it was a virus that was taking over and that's why the, the Oath right. Keepers and Peacekeepers were doing what they were doing. Um, there's a scene in there with Sharon Carter when she is completely beat up, but you don't see right. the fight that led up to that. Right. There were certain things that were rewritten because of how life in general was happening. Um, so again, with, with Doctor Strange, I'm very curious to see that movie and then go back and watch No Way Home again to see where that flop happened and what those stories really did for each other by moving it around. Yeah. Just, just said his hair looked weird too. He did exactly when he's that scene happens and, and yeah, that's why the whole thing just like didn't make sense in strange acting the way he did. I'm like, why would he do that? Mm -hmm. Why would he entrust that? Why is he being so aggro? Like that's not, and it reminds Mm -hmm. me of, yeah, it reminds me of Nick Fury and how he was acting off in the previous Spider-Man. But you find movie. out it wasn't actually it wasn't him. Theory. It was. So yeah. I'm wondering if this is something. Yeah. So yeah. good. Good looking out, guys. Good yeah, pointing good that call. out. So again, I, this is something I would just like to talk about. Just no. General, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Go, we're not so, going to. Yeah. It's not going to have its own special thing. You guys have gone off the rails enough. Yes, yes we have. We yes. really have. But. So I really think that next episode we need to bring that timer in on the screen so that when we hit a certain time limit at five minutes, we got to move yeah, on. Yeah, I know. But, but, I but mean, I'm cool to go off the rails. I love it. I'm. I'm. I had a lot of fun talking about this. This yes. was a yes. good this topic. A good topic. <laughs> you guys. I mean, you know, I like. Obviously, I like my picks. But but speaking for you guys, like both of you picked really cool shit. Like you guys did a really good job on picking stuff because it's like they're we're all over the place. It's amazing. It's all over the place. But I mean, well, obviously, you and I had two <laughs> the same picks. So, but but I mean, I love the. Um, there was nothing that anybody brought up which I can't say for some of the other ones we've done, where uh, there's nothing where I went like, mm. Don't fucking say it. You know I have to, though. It's Don't not, fucking say it's it. It's not like it was Oscar. <laughs> it was fine. Oh, uh, it's a, it's a callback, folks. It's a callback to the ensemble episode. But anyway. No, but I'm saying there wasn't anything like that. I like, it you. was everything you guys brought up where I'm like, yeah, like mannequin or bed knobs and broomsticks or, you know, or like you championing the live action Beauty and the Beast. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's fucking I love when we have episodes like that. Sorry, I, people are like, you're just going to sit here now fucking glad hand in Pretty much. Yeah, you guys but, can log off if it. you need to. I mean, this is. This is... <laughs> but but no, yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. I hope we have more episodes like this coming up very soon. We have no idea what we're talking about. Not now. a clue. Not a clue. We need to talk. We do. We got to plan some shit. Right. And again, folks, we're always asking, let us know. We would love to know what kind of topics and top fives and retrospectives that you folks would like to hear us talk about. Somebody, I just saw Oscar. He saw Oscar. He's laughing. <laughs> oh, Meg. That's going to be your middle name from now on. Oh, Meg. Oh, no. Oscar. Megan Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. Megan Oscar. Your, your M-O-G. The Mog. The Mog. She's the Mog, <laughs> Megan Oscar guess. All right, yeah. let's get out of here right. <laughs> before we turn everybody off. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Thanks, everybody. Uh, make sure if you aren't already, I'm sure anybody, I know all you guys in the chat right now are, but for anybody that is watching or listening to this later, make sure you leave comments, you like, you share. Subscribe. You subscribe, especially this subscribe is so freaking important. 
Uh, we're right about at 550, I think. We are. Yeah, we're one so we're, shy. We're, we just need one more. Let's do this. Eking up there. <laughs> but uh, if you know anybody that you think would be into our show, please spread the word. We really, really, really appreciate it. And make sure you join the Geeking Squad group on Facebook. Free and easy to join as long as you're not a douchebag. We welcome you with open arms, Steve Perry style. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> with full high notes and everything. Um, but yeah, we'll be back soon. Don't know when, don't know where, don't know how, but we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Don't you go change it. <laughs> See it, everybody. Bye. <laughs>